Welcome to the Tome, a D&D news, reviews, and interview show, and I'm your Tome editor, Sam Dillon. And today, we are bringing you the World Tree Burns podcast, the official actual play 5th edition D&D podcast that takes place in the Cobalt Press setting Midgard. We hope you enjoy this season, and without further ado, let's see what Dan Dillon has in store for his players. Everybody, and welcome to a counter roleplay. No, it's not a counter roleplay. My name is Will. I'm back today. Oh my goodness, it's happened at last after many eons. It seems like of um, uh, being away, uh, we are finally all back together, little family. Uh, for the World Tree Burns, it's season three. It's episode one. You guys are here live. Welcome to Cobra Press Channel. We've moved from Encounter Roleplay, and now we're over here all the time, every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. So uh, I am, of course, going to be playing Riordan today, but let's go around the custom crew, meet the rest of the players, remind ourselves of who we are, and, of course, who we're going to be playing today. Let's uh, meet Dan. Dylan, Dan, how's it been? How you doing? What's happened in the past months or so while you've been away? Oh, man, what what's happened? Uh <laughs> I have ripped my life up by the roots and hurled it 2,000 miles to the west. Uh, I moved to Seattle from Indianapolis. Uh, we're still transitioning and settling there, but uh, but it's getting there. It's getting there. This is going to help me feel back more at home and ready to go. So I'm doing great. I'm ready to play some D&D, and I'm so delighted to see all your lovely faces again. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And of course, we have McCloakin back of us today as Cloak. McCloakin, how's it, do- how's it going, my friend? It's been too long. It has been too long. I've missed your beautiful face. Um, hello, everyone. I'm McLoken. Today I'll be playing our lovable gnome ranger named Cloak, uh, who tells the truth and is honest all the times. And you know what? Uh, only has the best of company. Uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm glad we're back. And uh, I'm, I'm worried what's going to happen now. <laughs> But only only it's time a, can tell. A very stress stress free couple of Tuesdays. I'm just for me. I'm just telling uh, you, Dan. Cloak's <laughs> not going to make it in prison because he's just going to step the fuck out of there. So prison. Oh, they're going to take his. They're going in prison. They're going to take his cloak. Oh shit! No. What will he be? No. The cloak. Oh my lord! Well, uh, of course we have Scarlet Moth back of us this season. Scarlet, how's it going? Hello, I've missed everyone's beautiful faces. I've been going through withdrawals every Tuesday and just huddling in the corner, shaking back and forth. I am very excited for whatever stress comes this way. And uh, I'm going to be playing Rowan, the Ravenfolk cleric of Wartan, who uh, has a few secrets of her own and does not want to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I'm going to jump over to Simply. Simply, uh, how are you? How's it been? What's new? Who are you playing? Uh, hi, I'm Simply Jackson. Uh, it's been a thing. I found out Dan was moving to Seattle, so I was like, well, I guess I'm moving to Seattle too. Um, so in the same time frame, we pretty much both moved up here for separate reasons. So now I can throw a rock and hit him, which was my plan all along. Um, and I played Tilly, <laughs> our resident fighter. She's probably forgot her Scottish accent and um, I, she's probably been to jail once or twice so it's, it's probably fine. It's gonna be fine. 
<laughs> Fantastic stuff. And of course, joining us this season, we have the Birdie Saurus. Birdie, how's it going? How you doing? Welcome to the crew. Uh, talk to us about thank how you're going to be playing tonight as well. Yeah, uh, thank you so much. It is an absolute honor to be here. Um, I know we all miss Glass, but hopefully I can just fill in a little bit of that hole. Uh, I am Birdie, AKA the Birdiesaurus, and I am a, a sometimes variety streamer on Twitch, but more often than not, I'm on other people's channels playing games like this. And I am playing a very interesting Gearforged uh, warlock named Landis. And uh, he's got a bit of a troubled past, but he's trying to atone. So we'll see how that goes with this group. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all about troubled pasts and atonement. Um, none more so than Riordan, the Dampier cleric. I'm back today. <laughs> it's been too long. Oh, well, I've been up to no good. He's a paladin these paladin. days. Paladin, I'm not a cleric anymore. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awkward. You don't hurt drugs uh, yes, anymore. No drugs, off the drugs, off the off the clericism and the drugs, um, and just onto uh, <laughs> to being a, a paladin. Uh, nowadays and hunting down heretics and killing them wherever I can find them. So you better watch out, world, because uh, I'm coming to burn you and your trees. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's uh, the, the cast uh, and crew who we're going to be playing today. If you've missed uh, the previous stuff I've been doing on the World Tree Burns, you can head over to the uh, Encounter Roleplay YouTube channel and catch up with the previous two seasons that we've done on the World Tree Burns. But if you're new to the show and you've never met these characters before, then don't worry because this will also be a great jumping in point as well. It is episode one, so we'll be reintroducing characters and uh, the storyline and everything that's happened so far as well. Um, a little bit of housekeeping as well. Glaz isn't with us this season. That's because uh, Tool School, unfortunately, is uh, very busy in uh, the real world. And unfortunately, schedules don't always uh, work out when you've got things like jobs and real life things to do. So uh, fortunately, we won't see Glass for the whole season, but we're hoping to get a little bit of Glass action um, somewhere uh, in the season as well. So don't worry, those of us, we all love Glass. Obviously, uh, his story, I feel like, isn't totally ended yet. So I know that he and Dan have been working, cooking up on a little something for you guys. But speaking of Dan, uh, I'll hand over to you, Dan, uh, to talk us, I guess, a little bit about what happened in the previous seasons, maybe a little quick recap. And uh, and I guess just dive into episode one of the new season of The World Tree Burns. Sure, let's do it. So this is The World Tree Burns, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition campaign set in the Midgard campaign setting from Cobalt Press. Midgard is a dark fantasy world where nations are constantly at war, uh, the gods are meddling in the affairs of mortals, and darkness creeps across the land. Uh, heroes are required and called to glory, and if they don't step up and stand against the rising tide of evil, all will surely be lost. In our previous seasons, we have seen our intrepid heroes sort of come together, scurry about through the cartways, uh, a network of tunnels, smugglers' passages, and uh, forgotten crypts beneath the free city of Zobek. Zobek is the shining jewel of the crossroads of central Midgard. It's a cosmopolitan city, uh, a trade hub for both land routes and, uh, and river travels well. Uh, it is known for its uh, esoteric studies of magic, where even the enigmatic Shadow Fae come to trade their secrets. Uh, the gear forged and clockwork, mag uh, clockwork magics uh, originate from Zobek, and, uh, and you can hear the gear grinders and various clockmakers throughout the city tinkering away. The uh, 
the mercenaries stretch out from uh, from this area, passing from one of the seven cities to another. Uh, in they trade with the dwarves of the Iron Crag Cantons, the mountains uh, just outside of Zobek. And previously, we had become embroiled in the dark machinations of the Blood Kingdom, a creeping empire of vampires and their ghoulish allies that have taken over the countries to the north. Uh, Riodan found some of his dark past came back to haunt him in the form of a vampire priestess called Cosinia, and she was haunting him as he struggled through a crisis of faith, shepherded by old friends and new, uh, while devils set upon you from places unknown, and other devils seemed to take a hand in your favor, uh, tipping some of the battles surprisingly uh, against, <laughs> away from certain defeat. And we left in sort of the, uh, in, in a, a, a dire resolution after you had destroyed the vampire lady Cosinia in the noble house of uh, of a, a noble woman of Zobek named Anastasia Zelis, who for quite some time you suspected was a villain arrayed against you. Uh, however, you've come to learn that while she had a connection to a dark wizard that you slew uh, months prior, she was under the thrall of this vampire. And uh, you helped her break that bond. And uh, in slaying the vampire, you freed her as well as many other luminaries of Zobek itself that were in her sway. And as you were sort of recovering from that, gathering yourselves and getting ready to leave, you found that your companion Glaz uh, and the near-death unconscious form of his, uh, his friend Valia in the courtyard of the Zealous Estate, surrounded by gold and white armored Knights of the Undying Sun, led by a middle-aged human, um, most likely a paladin of the Sun God Cores. Uh, the magical lights they carried lit the nighttime courtyard as if it were bright noon. You found yourself dazzled by the light, surrounded by soldiers as they pronounced your guilt and condemned you to death, drawing their weapons and moving forward to arrest you. Glaz is hauled to his feet from where he was down on his knees, and uh, it looks like he is um, a little bit worse for wear. He had taken some wounds in the extended battle with the vampires inside, and uh, his arms are roughly pulled behind his back, and shackles are clapped onto his wrists. The uh, long-mustachioed paladin captain nods to his subordinates, and soldiers begin moving forward. Wait, um, I didn't remember the part okay. about being condemned to death. That is death? one of the things he said. Crap. <laughs> right, who's condemned to so death? One what? thing you shouldn't get arrested. Is it just glass? Because <laughs> if it is, then uh, maybe we could appeal in a couple of months. Um, got a good lawyer. For these sorts of things, I mean, I've got a lot of, I mean, a, a lot of charges pressed <clears throat> against me in the past. Never, nothing proven. The, so, uh, obviously, the night the night captain who introduced himself as Timon Ganfrey uh, snaps his eyes hard and this sort of steely gray over to you, Riodan, and he hisses, "Silence, half blood." When <laughs> uh, soldiers sort of come forward with weapons drawn. On what grounds are you 
Are you arresting us? Tilly, Tilly will hold up her shield a little bit and be like, we, we just saved a good sort of your city. I don't know if you know, but I, you won't be taking this right now. Just let me know. So uh, Anastasia at this point steps forward with her uh, her hands kind of held out wide and she is rattled by this, uh, but angry. And she begins to kind of speak animatedly towards some of the soldiers and sort of heads them off. Uh, very quickly, you can see that they are ignoring her authority and there are more soldiers just sort of swarming around her towards you. You'd say probably a dozen all told moving up towards you at the, uh, at the entrance to the, to the mansion. Wait, Anastasia is the one who, like, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Anastasia is the one who owns this place? Okay. Yes. And Anastasia, Anastasia, Anastasia Zealus is the, uh, the mistress of, uh, this estate. And if you recall, she is apparently the daughter of that strange, corrupted void speaker wizard you folks tangled with in season one. Yeah. Um, at this point, uh, it's like uh, Cloak would stand out to the captain uh, and um, very much be like, okay, uh, let me get this right. You arresting him. Why? Like, I don't understand why you guys are being so aggressive, you know, because literally, that was a shit show in there. I'll, I don't know if you saw Yeah, we could have but... we could have used you earlier, not just right now after us. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and I'm gonna try to make right, persuasion. Uh, I held my hand. You may you may told I do well in prison. You may <laughs> you may attempt a charisma persuasion check. Okay. Um with uh I don't remember how to do persuasion on here. Oh no, I, I think it automatically should do advantage. Should just click maybe. Yeah. Let's uh let's just do it and then let's see what happens. Uh that's performance persuasion. Eighteen. Eighteen. It's pretty good. Uh you see a few of the soldiers sort of uh they kind of come up short. They listen to what you say, and a few of them kind of like crane over your shoulder to look inside when you talk about what was going on in there. Um, one of the sort of, uh, you'd guess maybe a sergeant sort of uh, individual, kind of a middle rank, uh, will step forward and take a detachment of troops and says, uh, Captain, with your permission, we'll, uh, we'll investigate the interior. And the night captain nods once and looks at you, and he says, well, what are you waiting for? To the soldiers who sort of backed off for a moment, and then they continue forward to, uh, to uh, they approach you now with their weapons lowered. You see that several of them bear long pikes, uh, and the blades of their, their pikes have this sort of brass and gold inlay in them, and the ones carrying these pole arms, they seem to be sort of a cut above the regular or common soldiery, um, the the rest of them seem a little bit more rank and file. Um, a few of them step forward as the pikes are sort of lowered towards you, and uh, one of those sergeants uh, says, you are directed to relinquish your weapons now and come along peacefully. If you are innocent as you say, then these charges will be cleared. Okay, well... Uh, um, weapons silvered? Are any of those weapons silvered? Uh, yes. Now that you ask. 
In fact, uh, now that they've come up closer, you can see that the pikes are most assuredly silvered, and um, you don't see too much in the way of other swords drawn. The Night Captain's sword actually seemed to have a, a golden hue to the blade, um, so it doesn't look like it's made of silver, but the pikes are most assuredly silvered. I, I think at yet. this point, Cloak would look at the situation um, uh, and look at the, the captain and the sergeant, and I was like, well, uh, I'll give you my weapon. Can you uncuff my front? Because he didn't really do anything wrong. So, uh, do you relinquish your weapon when the soldiers come up to take it? Uh, well, I mean, uh, what I said to him is, I uh, pointed at glass, and I was like, can you throw some cuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. so you say you you say you'll give over your weapon, and a soldier you know comes up to take it. You're gonna let him take it? Uh, at this point, yes. Uh, but oh. like as he goes to take it, I'm gonna hold on to it and be like, my father made this, and I want it back, and then. So he, uh, okay. he he goes to sort of pull it from you, and you you stop him, and he he uh, his eyes kind of snap down to yours, and his jaw sets, and then you you speak your piece, mm-hmm. and and he kind of pauses a moment and nods once, and says, uh, "Your weapon will not be mistreated." And if you relinquish it, he takes it, and when you do, the okay. flames the flames on the blade die. Whew. They immediately douse. Okay. Uh, the rest of you have soldiers coming to relieve you of your weapons. Is anyone going to resist? Feel free to mistreat this weapon in any way you see fit, <laughs> officer. <laughs> All right. Uh, Riodan, you are handled somewhat roughly. Uh, they take any visible weapons off of you. Mm. And if you have a visible holy symbol of Morena, it is kind of forcibly torn from you. Like, they will break the chain or cord if you wear it as an amulet around your neck. Um, it's my sunglasses. Yeah. Mm, yes. So, <laughs> it's just sunglasses. Yeah, give me those. Um, <laughs> so, as your weapons are uh, being taken... Uh, sorry, go ahead, uh, Moth. Would we say he's being handled roughly? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Tilly's definitely gonna, like, shift forward a little bit, like, your judgment needs Rowan. to be reserved until after your investigation, sir. Rowan starts forward as well. Okay. Uh, so they, um, they're they not like beating him or anything, but they are definitely not handling with care. They uh, they oh, yeah. tear his his amulet of Morena off of around his, uh, around his neck. Uh, his arms are pulled back behind his waist and he too is manacled. Uh, okay, the rest friends. of you, <clears throat> Rowan and uh, Tilly wait, and... Uh, Sorry, what? Uh, uh, why are you covering him? Like, we're giving up peacefully. Uh, you now have your hands <laughs> being pulled into shackles. Cloak? Basically, uh, we'll, we'll make this kind of a long story short. Is anyone resisting being cuffed? I mean, I've got, I got big biceps. It's hard to pull my arms around, so I... So you'll, <laughs> you're going to screw with them and make them, uh, make them yeah. work for it. Tilly definitely has some strong words under her breath, but she'll she'll okay. give up. All right, so then well, each Rowan's, of you are divested. Rowan's got, quite, Rowan's got quite scrawny, bony hands and wrists. Would they mm-hmm. actually would they slip off? Would they slip off? No, certainly not. You could maybe okay. try to slip out of them, but they're not going to slip what, off. What about them. absolutely? 
What about some tiny gnome hands that are... So it seems like these folks are used to dealing with sort of a, a large population of small-sized races here in Zobek, given the massive and often criminalized cobalt population. So the manacles they put on you fit quite snugly, unfortunately. Okay. All right, so each of you are divested of your obvious weapons and your uh, your wrists are shackled. And now this includes Paula Everforge. She her, her warhammer is taken from her and uh, and she is shackled despite her objections. Uh, they start to try and they start to try and arrest Anastasia and as they do the house guards step forward and she sort of draws herself up to her full height, her eyes flash and she says you will unhand me, or I will see that each of you swing from the gallows. And there's just an edge in her voice that is just enough to make the soldiers balk. And uh, and they kind of look back toward the night captain. And he tilts his head and narrows his eyes, and he says, As this is your house, and you are not implicated in our investigations to date, I will allow you your freedom for now see that you don't leave and he kind of nods to the soldiers that back away from her and you can see her house guard sort of relax a little bit at that point puff puff at this point cloak you can see puff puff has sort of lurked back in the uh the foyer to the mansion and is like creeping behind some furniture looking out at you and uh, you see her silver eyes gleaming in the in the candlelight and you hear just this soft plaintive whine hmm. i don't know how can I... How would people generally handle a blink dog? Most people wouldn't recognize Puff Puff for what she is. Uh, they would tell that there's something, you know, not entirely normal or something maybe strange about her because of the color of her fur and her eyes. But, I mean, she can mm -hmm. basically pass for a big kind of exotic-looking okay. dog. Um, I think at this point, uh, I would call... Uh, I would whistle for Puff Puff and like... And, uh, oh, you want to come out? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. She'll uh, uh, she'll sort of. Okay. Good. Oh yeah, and then when when she gets out, like uh, and like look at them, and be like, okay, don't shackle her. She's a very good dog, and she uh she's very obedient, and she's very tame. So uh, she, she but she's gonna want to stay with me. So that's uh. So they um you I think you guys had other mounts here too. Uh, didn't you? I don't think you came up here on foot. I think you came by carriage or horse or something like that. Um, Anastasia looks at you and she says, if you wish, I'll see to it that your animals are well taken care of. Where's I can't remember if I left the bear stuff? or not. Uh, I, I think you left the bear at the dancing bear, I think? Yeah. I can't remember. I, was I can't like, remember. Bears aren't invited <laughs> to parties. Screw that myth and leave it, you know. Can I can I roll insight on the crazy lady who tried to kill us maybe an hour ago? Absolutely. Uh, Make a wisdom insight check. If I could turn twenty-two. Time. Twenty-two. Uh, so she looks like she um twenty-two. So she's holding her composure very well. But you've seen her over the course of the evening go through some pretty serious different mood swings, and you're able to mm -hmm. pick up that uh, she is rattled. She's not sure what to think about a lot of things, but she knows mm -hmm. that what's going on right now is bullshit. So she's trying to help as best she can in the moment. 
Okay. Uh, so I'd be the, like, okay, Puff Puff, stay, stay with Lady. Alright, so, uh, so Puff Puff kind of nuzzles under your hand and licks it once, and then trots over to basically heal, uh, at Anastasia's side, and sits down on the gravel. Um, and at this point, you're all kind of grabbed roughly, and, uh, and pulled away, and down, down the blindingly well-lit gravel drive toward waiting... Uh, I'd call them carriages, but they're more like prison wagons. They have thick, stout oak construction and heavy iron bars on, on all of the windows. Um, Valia, you all notice, is being just sort of left where she lay, and a few of the soldiers break off to, to kind of check on her and tend to her. Uh, Glaz begins to protest loudly as they, uh, as they take him away from Valia, and he is basically ignored and shoved a little more forcefully toward one of the wagons. If any of my companions uh, <laughs> get mishandled, um, Rowan goes to like leer and look menacingly at them, snapping her beak. Uh, so the soldiers take note of you, clacking your beak at them, of course, and a, a few of them draw back a little bit, but most of them seem like they're, uh, they're made of pretty stern stuff, and they don't seem particularly cowed. Um, the lanterns that a few of these folks are carrying are silver and gold, and they are burning with what is clearly some sort of magical light that is uh, stabbing at your eyes with the intensity of sunlight. Um, all of you, it's pretty uncomfortable to look at. Just imagine these, like, hyper high-power spotlights at night. Riodan and Rowan, the two of you, you can feel the light prickling your skin. It's incredibly uncomfortable. Uh, Gross. And so you're all led away into these prison wagons. Meanwhile, in another part of Zobek, there is a modest shop front. It's closed up tight for the night. Its displays are covered. Its valuables are placed in a safe. And its proprietor is perhaps sitting, not sleeping, in uh, a workshop in the back behind the showroom. There's uh, an array of tools set out on the workbench. Many of them are very finely crafted precision tools, tiny hammers, small chisels and awls, uh, little calipers that, uh, that someone might use for very fine machine work. Uh, there are molds where, uh, where metals can be poured and cast. There are tongs. There's a small furnace uh, for working, clearly not a forge per se, but definitely for, um, for smelting or melting down low melting point metals, perhaps precious metals. Um, it's cold, currently not being worked. And this figure of dull gray iron chased with glittering precious metals is currently using some of those tools to wind tension in a mithril spring buried deep within the figure's arm. And as the spring gains tension, the figure flexes its fingers and uh, small clicks and whirs draw the tension out of this magical spring to drive it. Landis, you're spending some time uh, during your rest, basically uh, finishing up your routine maintenance for the night. 
you flex your hand and your fingers, making sure everything's in good working order, close the small panel, and begin putting your tools away. It was a decent day, like most of them anymore. They're pretty uneventful. You just sort of uh, muse in the night as you finish putting away your tools, and you, uh, you stand up feeling your uh, newly rejuvenated body responding perfectly just as you would expect it to. And uh, you, you look around and you see that uh, you actually made a, a, a nice little sum of, uh, a, a nice little profit today. It's, uh, it was a good day all around. So you, uh, you give this gesture that in a living, breathing creature might be sort of a deep breath and sigh of contentment. But for you, it's really just more of a setting of your shoulders. And uh, as you go about going to uh, wind down for the day, so to speak, do you have anything else that you might do? Any uh, any sort of routine rituals that would take place as you just sort of reset for the day? Making sure that I was in perfect working order would definitely be one of the last things that I did. But I also would make sure everything is wiped down and polished and cleaned. I like to keep myself sparkling if possible. And I would go recheck all the doors and recheck all the windows and just make sure that um, there was there was nothing, uh, nothing to be afraid of. And I would um, walk into the back where my little my little sleeping quarters was. And I would um, pause as I as I kind of sat down in my chair because I don't technically sleep and I don't really need a bed. So I have a, a very comfortable chair that I sit and use in as I rest. And I would say a silent um, silent prayer, but not to anyone or anything in particular. Um, I, would, I definitely feel pretty lost at the moment. Um, but it's my routine. I've always done it. So I keep doing it, even though I don't really know why. Um, right. I, I say a quick good night and um, close my eyes. Okay. So you, uh, you settle in, you run through your little daily inventory, you say your silent prayer, you sort of bid the world good night, even though your rest is mostly done, you're just going to kind of sit, chill, reflect, contemplate until... The next day dawns and perhaps you'll have some more work to do. Maybe you'll get a commission or at least someone interested in buying some of your pieces. So you can uh, be sure to continue to get the uh, little bits and bobs you need to maintain your interestingly intricate body. Uh, after perhaps 20 minutes or so, you're startled to hear a knock at the front door. My eyes pop open and uh, I... If I had been human, I would have shuddered. Um, I don't like an unexpected visitors, but I will get up and I will walk um, quietly to the door and open it. Okay. Your, uh, the little copper lids covering your, your glimmering em emerald eye lenses flick open and you uh, walk with a soft series of clicks and whirs that marks your body, mostly instead of footsteps anymore. You head to the front door and there is, uh, you know, there's a closed sign. I imagine shades are drawn over the, the heavy glass windows. And uh, so do you want to like peek outside first and see if you can you know, identify who's knocking or just kind of open it up and see what's what? Uh, I think I'm just going to open it. 
Okay. You uh, you throw the locks, maybe a bolt or a chain. Um, there is decent security on this door. It's very stout. It's banded in iron, uh, thick hardwoods from the nearby Marbury Forest. Uh, you open up the door, and you're surprised to see a sumptuously appointed carriage on the cobblestone streets. Uh, there are white and dappled horses uh, just sort of clattering their hooves on the cobblestones and snorting somewhat contentedly. There is a driver who has sort of stepped down from the buckboard and is tending to the horses. Uh, and there is an individual standing in front of you who clearly must have been the one knocking on the door. He's a human. Uh, he is elderly, probably in his, oh, probably looks like he's in his late 50s, maybe his 60s. He is very well dressed. He's wearing red and blue velvet uh, sort of robes with some tight burgundy hose and polished leather shoes with uh, silver buckles that have uh, intricate etching in them. They're not simple by any means. Everything about this man suggests uh, that it's expensive, but without being ostentatious. It's all very tasteful. He wears a, a heavy gold necklace that is set with various precious stones. He has a uh, crimson and black and gold velvet cap kind of like a slightly deflated bag just sort of jauntily over his graying locks and his uh, well-trimmed beard and mustache. Uh, he smiles at you and uh, you recognize him. You've seen him a few times. He's actually bought jewelry from you before. Uh, and oh, okay. you think that he was the customer of your parents. And uh, it clicks. It takes a moment for you to sort of think back through. Uh, but you do know this individual's name. You know that this is Lord Volstaff Greymark. And of interest okay. is he is one of the only people in all of Zobek that uses the title of Lord. Because it really doesn't have nobility in that sense. They, uh, they left that behind almost 100 years ago when they overthrew the Strauss family during the revolt. But Lord, Lord Greymark, until recently, was one of the most powerful people in the city. He was one of the uh, council councillors of Zobek, recently retired to see to his business interests. But you know that he still serves as the master of coins. So he's essentially the city's treasurer. Got it. And and do I remember the last time I saw him? How long ago it was? Oh, goodness. Uh, why don't you make me an intelligence check? Sure, if you tell me how. <laughs> uh, roll a die and add your intelligence modifier. Roll a d20 and add your intelligence modifier. I know yeah, we're... So, well, I know absolutely. that much. Um, can I ignore the roll 20 thing for now? Yes, uh, I'm not doing the roll 20 thing either, so... <laughs> Sorry, when you said tell me right. how, I'm like, I no, I, I, I know <laughs> I can play I can play D, &D it's fine. Um, uh, what, was the, what was the what was which one was it? Sorry, which skill check? Intelligence, please. Just intelligence, just trade intelligence. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh that is a nine. A nine. Uh so you've had a few flurries of business lately. Um, it's possible that he's come through recently, but, you know, it didn't necessarily grab your attention. You just sort of remember him from way back, and it took you a little bit to come up with his name. And you realize that you've kind of just been sitting and staring for a little while at this point, just sort of thinking back through your memories of this individual. And he smiles a little bit broader and, and tilts his head just slightly. 
uh, and his eyes twinkle with this little bit of amusement in them, but he doesn't say anything and he doesn't press you. He just sort of waits. I, I believe that I probably more than staring at his face, I was looking at the necklace he was wearing. And, and I imagine that's what Pretty tripped cool. me quicker than his face. And so I'm just kind of uh, entranced by it for a second and then realize what I've been doing. And I look at him and say, um, I'm sorry, we're, we're closed for the evening. Is there something I can help you with? Oh, of course you are. Um, but I'm not here to talk about jewelry, at least not tonight. And yes, there is something you could help me with. Perhaps we could help each other. Uh, I apologize for the unorthodox hour of my visit, but circumstances make it necessary. Would you mind if I come in? I promise that I'll make I... it worth your while to at least hear me out. I suppose that would be fine. Come in. I've got a chair for you. Wonderful. He sort Look of turns, suspiciously. looks back to his... He looks back to his driver, and he picks up the uh, the simple lacquered black cane he was carrying, and it has a gold sort of topper, or like a knob on the top of it that seems decorative in some way, but you can't really get a good look at it. And he just sort of waves it in acknowledgement of the driver, basically telling him to, you know, chill. <laughs> so he uh, he follows you inside and follows you to the offered chair and settles down with sort of a contented, ah. <sighs> uh, I... I'm I don't eat or drink or anything, but um, I know the general human customs, so I offer him um, a tea or something like that to see if he wants anything. Tea. Well, if that's what you have, certainly. If you have something a little stronger, I wouldn't say no to it tonight. It's been an interesting evening. Ah. Yes, yes. I do, actually. I can get you uh, a beverage more to your liking, and I'll bring him a, a strong um, ale that I've got. Keeping... Kept in the back for my visitors, the few that I have. Okay, so you uh, you pour him something, and uh, he accepts it gratefully, lifts it sort of in toast to you, and takes a takes a drink of it, and he uh, sort of sighs contentedly, and then holds the the cup over to the side. Now, you may not remember me, but I remember you, Landis. I've been very Do impressed you. with your work. Just as I was impressed with your families, your mothers and fathers before you. I I don't say anything back to that. Um, mm -hmm. I just kind of look at him suspiciously because he shouldn't know that. He shouldn't, but he does. Uh, so, like, <laughs> right. do you just kind of do you try to do you try to stay as still as possible? Do you try to just like blank? Yeah, face, I'm not. not I'm not moving. No, I'm not moving. I'm not giving away anything. I'm just looking at him like. I'm not giving you any information. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to come out with what you got. <laughs> why don't you? Uh, why don't you make me a charisma deception check to see how well you hold your composure? Okay. I can do that. I can definitely do that. Uh, that's a seventeen. Ooh, seventeen. Pretty good. So he uh, he kind of watches you through like not squinted, but like half-lidded eyes. Like he's watching you very closely. He's scrutinizing you, uh, and he seems pleased with whatever it was that okay. he saw or didn't see and he says uh don't don't you don't need to fret about any of that i i have no interest in making things difficult for you quite the contrary in fact i have interest in making things better for you i find myself in need of some extra help some what kind um, of help do you need hmm, some associates of mine 
found themselves on the wrong side of, well, I guess we could call it the law. That's not exactly correct, but it's close enough. They found themselves on the wrong side of it tonight, and they're going to need some assistance. But I don't think I can get involved directly for one reason or another. You, unless I miss my guess, are someone who has the sort of skills that might be able to intervene in my stead. And if you're willing to do it, I'm willing to pay. Handsomely. Could you elaborate on the types of skills you need from me? I don't I, I'd like to know of, what I'm getting myself into. He just sort of smiles at that. He says... I don't know that we need to go into details about what you may or may not be able to do and just smiles a little bit broader. He says, there are some people who are going to get involved very soon and I'd like to have you there. These uh, associates of mine, well, they're very special in a number of ways and I'd like to see to it that they don't end up where these people are trying to take them. And if you're willing to help stop that from happening, I'm willing to make you very rich, at least in the short term. And if things go well, how, perhaps that means we can find new opportunities later. Uh, how rich? Well, just for your time, he reaches into his, uh, into his robe and takes out a, a small velvet pouch. And you can hear it clink with this delightful gold on gold sound. And he hands it out to you. It's a, a fairly fat pouch. And uh, he says, just for your time this evening and for the lovely drink, whether you say yes or no, this 500 griffins is yours. And griffins are gold pieces in Zobek. Okay. Um, I'm going to um, kind of hold it way to my hand so and kind of make a show of that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, well, I guess this is fine, you know, and uh, toss it on my counter and, and just say, all right, I'm listening. Okay. He, uh, he smiles and says, if you can intervene and see to it that these people don't end up where the um, folks who have them are attempting to bring them, I will quadruple that amount tomorrow night. Okay. Where are they, uh, where are they trying to put them? Well, they're going to be picked up from... Uh, an estate outside of the city itself. And I suspect they're going to be brought to the Citadel. Now, the Citadel, Landis, you know, is the central sort of uh, seat of government in Zobek. It's on a hill that raises up in the uh, rough middle of the city. Uh, and that's where the uh, that's where the militia, the, the Griffin Knights, uh, there's just everything is there. That's also where uh, criminals are held after they've been arrested by the city. There isn't a whole lot of time to deliberate, and I apologize for that. Thus, he kind of gestures to the pouch he already gave you, which is ridiculously generous. Um, I'm going to assume that you're still sort of trying to hide all of your reactions, and we'll just go with the same deception check you made before, because that was pretty solid. Mm -hmm. But that is a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, If you... No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. He says... If you're interested, I can provide you with the names and descriptions of these individuals, as well as the likely route they're going to be taking. Uh, time is of the essence. I suspect they're being loaded into wagons as we speak. One question, and 
<sighs> this will determine whether I'm going to help you. Very well. Am I going to regret setting these people free? If you know of me and you know of my past, you know the types of things I'm not willing to do anymore. These people have nothing to do with that. All right. If you vouch for them, I he, will, uh, um... he chuckles. He chuckles at that. <laughs> that might be a bit of a strong word. They're um, they're good people to know. Okay. Then it sounds like what? a job that I can I can take on. Up to you to decide how exactly you want to deal with it. There will be some others there that uh, might be able to give you an in or at least a distraction. Um, other than that, I don't really care to know. So if they end up not at the Citadel, then I'll see you again tomorrow night. Is there anywhere they should end up or you don't care? Well, perhaps that's up to them. Okay. Wonderful. Well, so he stands up and he holds out his hand to you, offering it for a shake. And you can see that several of his fingers are studded with rings, heavy gold, uh, beautifully cut gemstones. And one of them is an emerald that has a similar cut to the ones you're very familiar with. Mm-hmm. Not identical, uh, I'm actually... but enough, enough okay. to catch your eye. Yeah, I'm going to do that thing where you kind of shake at someone's hand and then you turn it so you can look at it and i'm just gonna mm -hmm. eye that ring for a second and say um that's a very interesting piece of jewelry you've got there he says isn't it though winks and uh takes his hand back and heads for the door you'd better hurry okay wait do you want to tell me who they were as he walks away <laughs> So as uh, as you um, as you sort of like wait who wait, who do you want me to go get what's going on the door closes and you just sort of yeah that sucks <laughs> you turn around <laughs> and you see on the seat where he just stood up there is a folded bit of parchment with uh, a golden wax seal pressed onto it nice sneaky boy so I like it, it. I'm gonna. You you yep, crack it right open, away. and there are a list of names with some descriptions and a likely route that they'll be taking from the marked Zealous estate to the Citadel. Perfect. I will... And you can see gonna... that there is a cons there's a conspicuous red X on uh, one of the bridges that leads across the river from the little island uh, sort of midway through the river uh, along the road toward the Citadel. Okay. Uh, I'm going to gather up a bag um, of some supplies and make sure the shop is all closed up again and say, all right, let's go and head that way. All right. Uh, so as you gather your things, you head out into the night. There is a soft tapping on the window behind you as you close the door, lock it, and turn and head into the night of Zobek. The uh, street lamps are lit with, um, some of them are lit by gas, some of them are illuminated with soft magical lights, but the streets are lit enough to keep ruffians at bay in this part of the city. You live in one of the nicer districts, or at least, you know, 
that's where your parents were set up. And so you make your way across town. The rest of you, you have been loaded into three heavily constructed barred wagons. Uh, in the wagons, we're going to have Riodan and Tilly in one, Glaz and Cloak Great. in another, and, yep, and uh, mm-hmm. and Rowan and Paula in the third. The wagons rumble along the crushed gravel away from the Zealous estate and then out onto the, the hard-packed dirt roads that are leading to Zobek. You can't see out the front of the wagon so well. The, the chains are heavy around your wrists, uncomfortably tight, uh, cold against your skin where it's exposed. Um, and uh, the ride is not in any way comfortable. It's just bare, flat, splintered wooden benches, and there are several soldiers in each of the wagons with you, as well as several more riding on top, and then uh, yet more sort of marching along outside. You take a few glances out of the barred windows, and you realize that all of those soldiers who uh, apprehended you, not all of them came with the wagons. It looks like uh, a fair number of them stayed at the Zealous Estate, perhaps to investigate some of those claims that Cloak made so convincingly, along with Anastasia. The wagons drawn by heavy draft horses crunch their way down through the fields, across the first bridges to the gullet, the island of warehouses and docks, uh, Tilly, where your uh, where your boat is is berthed, uh, and uh, across the worn cobblestones that have seen oh so much traffic by sailors and soldiers and uh, tradesmen. As you smell uh, the water, Tilly's cross- like, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. smell the river water. Uh, you uh, you all happen to rumble on past a few familiar sites, such as the uh, the Tiefling Bar. The, uh, what was it called? I'm blanking on it. The Cracked Sigil, I think it was called. Something like that. Um, the Where the Cloven Nine hang out. Yeah. Uh, you can hear raucous music, uh, laughter, and probably the sound of a fight uh, sort of spewing Aww. out from in there. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you spend minutes mostly in silence. Uh, occasionally, if you try to speak to someone else who's in your wagon, the soldiers cut you off and demand that you not talk. Landis. You make your way to the red X on the map, and it is a a small series of basically uh, houses sort of carved up into low-rent apartments on the waterfront, and it's near one of the bridges that's leading across the river from the island called the Gullet. You, uh, You approach, and why don't you give me a wisdom perception check to see how well you notice some things. I think you're muted. I said, I think probably not very well. And then I said, I got a three. (laughs) A three. A three is indeed not so good. So as you approach, uh, you don't see anything particularly catching your eye about this, uh, this small series of buildings that's been marked with the red X. Um, Are you, how are you wanting to sort of approach the area? Are you wanting to hide? Are you wanting to just kind of walk down the streets? What's your deal? I, uh, I'm actually going to just kind of, um, stand back um, up against a wall, try to look not conspicuous. And I'm gonna close my eyes as though I am just resting 
And um, I'm going to try to see what I can see in my head. Okay. Uh, you sort of settle yourself against uh, against one of the walls just outside of the, the cone of light of a flickering, fitful street lamp that isn't as well maintained out here on the waterfront district as the ones near your home. So you're in deep shadows cloaked in your uh, in your sort of outer garments with your hood pulled down and you let your eyes flit closed and uh, that familiar tingle settles over your uh, temples and you can see the city sort of sprawling out below you you see the twinkling of lights you see the lantern poles of various city watch patrols as they walk their uh, their preordained routes you can see uh, Flurries of activity from the tight-packed roofs of the Cobalt Ghetto, knowing that the Cobalts are mostly nocturnal, avoiding the sun. So uh, their activity—this is this is their noon, basically. Uh, so they're in full swing, uh, tinkering with junk, um, whatever else the Cobalts uh, in their quarter do. And you can see the lights on several wagons far up the road approaching uh, along the gullet. Uh, you can see that these wagons are well lit and they are just brightening the area around them as if little shards of the sun were being dragged along with them. You uh, really, the only reason you couldn't see it from your position on the ground is because there were buildings in the way. Mm -hmm. So that most certainly must be what you're looking for. I want to move uh, towards this this convoy and position myself where I can't be seen by it or anything like that. But at least if I peek around a corner, I might be able to catch a glimpse of it myself. And I would like to. Um, you said that when they were anytime they tried to speak, the uh, the guard shut them up, right? Yes. Okay. Who's in the first cart? Okay, so you're going to get a closer look? Yeah. Mm -hmm. With uh, Are you going to try and get a closer look yourself by getting by going mm -hmm. up to them, or are you going to try and use your special means? I'm using special okay. means. I don't want to, right. I don't want to get so close as, to that myself. Absolutely. Uh, as, you're, as you're concentrating and shifting your perspective, you see something that you missed before, now that your uh, elevated vantage point allows you to see it. You can see figures around those little clusters of buildings that were marked on your map. You sort of swept your eyes past them before and didn't notice anything. From above, however, you can see behind some hiding places and around some corners, there are figures creeping about in those dark alleyways and the shaded yards. You can see that they are dressed in... Uh, your, little, your vantage point is a little too far away to resolve good details unless you want to get a closer mm -hmm. look which you can, but you can see some sort of red garments uh, on all of these figures. Cloaks or hoods or overcoats, maybe something along those lines. Do they appear to be moving towards the convoy at all, or are they stationary? No. Or are they just looks, going well, in circles? They, they're like, uh, mostly they're just sort of crouched down and hiding, and then occasionally you'll see uh, one or two from different groups will sort of move around like they're sending messages back and forth. Uh, it very much looks like they're planning an ambush. Okay. I am going to... Okay, uh, did did I figure out who's in the carts, in, in the first cart? Right, so now that you've seen like that sort of on it. your way... 
Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Uh, you you concentrate. Your vision sort of swoops down low, runs across the water, and then up through an alleyway between two warehouses on the gullet. You can see the bright, stabbing lights of these daylight lanterns as they rumble along on these stout sort of prison wagons. Uh, you can see that there are several, uh, maybe a dozen or so soldiers, and uh, it takes you a moment to realize that they're members of the Order of the Undying Sun. So they're worshippers of the Sun God Kors, whose... Um, their, their order has fallen into disfavor over the past few decades. They're not super well-respected in Zobek anymore. You know, in other places they are, and they wield great power. But here, they're very much in decline. Uh, so you swoop up to the first wagon. And in the first wagon, you can see two figures, uh, along with more soldiers, through the bars. Uh, one of them is a uh, small figure dressed in a red cloak, but this cloak is covered with what looks like living sort of forest vegetation. There's little ferns, mushrooms, moss, little bits of uh, like forest plants and, uh, and fungus sort of growing from the hood and the shoulders of the mantle. And uh, its face is concealed behind a mask, this sort of leering mask that looks like it's maybe made of iron and uh, sort of shaped into the, the visage of a dragon. But between all of the little uh, crevices and scales, you can see that it looks like it's glowing, like uh, dull, sort of red hot. But it doesn't seem to be burning the figure's face with uh, massive sort of ivory teeth uh, sort of flanking the, the... Now that you're up close, you can tell it's a gnome flanking the gnome's actual own mouth. Uh, he is chained and manacled, as well as, uh, as, well as is the trollkin dressed in um, robes along with a, well, he no longer has it, but near him, there is this large skin, maybe from a moose or an elk, and it's covered in uh, an inscribed map of Midgard itself. And there are these lines that trace between points all over, and it's covered with arcane glyphs and runes. And you can see that the, uh, the soldiers are sort of... Uh, disturbingly looking over that skin and they grab a backpack from the trollkin against his uh, his uh, objections uh, and they sort of uh, pound on the door and the convoy rumbles to a halt and one of the soldiers takes the pack and the skin out of the wagon and uh, climbs up onto the driver's board and starts talking to one of the officers. And then uh, after they do that, he pounds again, and the driver starts uh, starts driving on, and the uh, the uh, convoy begin uh, picks up again. Uh, are there any guards actually in, sitting in the um, inside with them? Yes, there's one fewer now because, because he went okay. up to talk to the other one. But yes, there are still okay. two soldiers in the uh, in the wagon. Okay. Um... I am going to, are they, do they seem to be paying more attention to um, what I would assume is someone uh, that has more magic as he had the strange map and things like that? So are they still paying more attention to him? 
They see uh, the guards inside are not really paying more attention to one or the other. The one who was rifling okay. through the pack and looking at the skin, he looked like he was pretty concerned, and he's gone up to talk to uh, the officer in charge. Which, if you want to, okay. you know, hop over, you can hear what they're saying or yeah. see what they're doing. I want to. Okay. I want to hear what they're saying. All right. So your perspective sort of swings up to the top of the uh, to the wagon and you can see that they're rifling through the pack now and they've pulled out um, a leather wrapped parcel of some sort and uh, they've opened it up at this point and you can see the leather is kind of cracked almost as if it's old and has it's kind of blackened like maybe it's sort of molded or or, or something along those lines. It, it looks kind of nasty. And inside is a strange folio, like uh, imagine uh, a hard-backed folder. And they crack it open, and inside you can see that this folder is lined with lead, and inside are several thin sheets of brass, and the brass is etched with writing and symbols that suddenly, as your vision falls over it, makes your vision kind of swim. These symbols stab at your eyes, and you make this okay. kind of involuntary <laughs> kind of a shriek noise. And the uh, the fellows holding this thing, one of them turns and just vomits his entire contents of his stomach over the side of the wagon after seeing this bizarre, blackened, twisted, blasphemous writing. And uh, the other one, which is the, uh, th that's the fellow who opened up and was holding it. He basically fumbles it and even drops it down to the floorboards. The, um, the officer gasps, bites back a curse, and you can see little trickles of blood pouring out of the, uh, the corners of his eyes. Like his eyes have teared up, but instead of tears, it's blood. Like he's not hemorrhaging or anything, but like his eyes watered and yeah, two little rivulets of crimson pour down his eyes. I uh, am super interested in that book and while they are uh, distracted and have their eyes filled with blood and vomit, I'd like to pick it up and fly <laughs> off to the top of a building and put it there. I <laughs> would like you to please roll me a d20 and, uh, and tell me okay. the result. Uh, that's a three. A three. Um, yeah. So that's what you're wanting to happen, but you can't seem yeah, to make it. But happen. instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but instead. Um, instead, it, it just, like, your perspective sort of drops down low onto the roof of the wagon, and the sergeant reins in the horses, which kind of startles the, the wagons behind it. So the entire convoy comes to a halt. The rest of you who are in the uh, in the wagons are lurched a little bit as you hear some commotion up ahead. Uh, the people in the second wagon, which is, um, who is it, Tilly and Riodan? Was that who I said who were in, uh, in yes. the wagon together? All right. Tilly and Riodan, you can hear some startled shouting that you can't really make out from the wagon in front of you. And uh, Rowan and Paula, you guys really don't hear much. You just, the wagon kind of comes to an abrupt stall, uh, abrupt halt. And we still have guards in our wagons, right? You do have guards in your wagons. Although at this point, they look a little nervous and they kind of eyeball all of you. Let's really notice that, that they're being nervous about it. 
Yeah, yeah. They seem they seem surprised that the wagons have come to a halt, and they're kind of looking at you, and then looking outside. They're on alert now. Tilly will put on like her. Tilly will put on her like kind of commander pants and be like, "Those could be your men. You better go look out for them. You never know. I mean, we're not going anywhere. Like my feet don't even touch the ground, but you should you should probably go check at them." Okay. Uh, it could why be someone trying to rescue us? We have a lot of friends. <laughs> why don't you make a charisma deception check He's drunk. with ad- with advantage from uh, from Rio Dan's help? Okay, so Rona, <laughs> tell me again because I don't have my character sheet set up. So Char- charisma persuasion. So you're gonna roll a d20 and add your charisma modifier plus your proficiency bonus if you're proficient in the persuasion skill. I'm sorry, did I say deception? Uh, per- persuasion or deception, either way, because you're lying. Roll it, roll it. Roll it twice because of advantage, correct? Correct. Am I right? Okay, please, please, yes. please bear with me. I'm the noob of the group. Thank you. It's okay. We're knocking just so much rust off okay. right now. While this is all happening as well, um, Rowan's going to try and slip off the handcuffs. Okay, um, why don't you make me a, <sighs> you got skinny ass bird wrists. Um, I'll go ahead and let you attempt a dexterity <laughs> acrobatics check. Skinny ass bird wrists. Uh, not not <laughs> going stealth? Episode one. <laughs> no, no, it's not stealth. Okay, uh. Also 12. 12 all right. Um, all right. A 12 is not going to manage it. Uh, but so you're, you're kind of like shuffling and clanking and clinking. Um, the uh, Paula notices what you're doing and she sort of turns and, and like kind of gets her broad shoulders a little bit between you and the guards and Phaeton kind of squares right up on them. And, uh, and so she starts kind of interrogating him. Like what's, what's the meaning of this? How have you, uh, how are you going to drag us out of here in the middle of the night while we were assisting an upstanding member of this community? And now you're going to just, and she just starts like going off on them in this deep commanding, uh, taking no shit dwarf mom voice of hers. Can, uh, and can so she hear kind of, Tilly can hear uh, <laughs> kind of like the, the booming of Paula's voice from the uh, from the, the rear wagon. Yes. You can't really make out what she's Tilly. saying, but you can totally hear that she's saying it. She just happily sighs cool. knowing that she's okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, uh, Rowan, it looks like Tilly has prevented them from noticing what you're doing for the time being, but you haven't managed to slip out of the manacles. Um, anybody else doing anything in particular? Um, so the guards... The, the guards are nervous? The guards are nervous, yeah. And in fact, now that all this commotion is happening up on the front of yours, uh, one right. of the other ones gets up to kind of look out there, and he dodges back right as a spray of vomit comes pouring down from the, uh, from the buckboard at the front of the wagon. Uh, at this point, Cloak would be like, um, you guys aren't really good at this, are you? Uh, one of them sort of prods you with uh, the the haft of a kind of a short spear and says, shut up. And from up ahead, you can hear um, more sort of uh, exclamations, commotion. They sound real upset 
up there on top of your wagon, and you hear one of them, uh, the, the guy who was just looking out and dodged the, the falling vomit, he kind of climbs half out, looks up, and uh, he claps his hand over his mouth and retches, but manages not to lose his dinner as well, and he sort of muffles from behind his hand, what in the name of all the gods is that? And uh, you hear someone else uh, from up on up on top of the wagon say, I, I don't know, it was in the Trollkin's pack. I, this is this is worse than anything we that we thought. Is that uh, is that loud enough for second wagon? Then to start um, getting upset. You can hear that they are upset up on the front wagon, but you really can't make out what they're saying. Tilly just continues egging on the soldiers uh, like you need the goal. You need the goal. At at about this time, um, cloak, mm -hmm. very, very, very close to your ear and very, very quiet. You hear um, a voice and it says, don't say a word. I'm gonna get you out of here, but I need your help. I'm going to try to at least undo these manacles. Just be still, don't let them know that anything is happening. And I'm gonna try to, get down and, and wiggle into the lock and undo it. Okay. Um, okay. Also, at the same time, uh, as I'm hearing that, I'm looking to where... Do one of the guards in mine have my sword? Yes. Uh, you think your equipment okay. is probably in... Well, so not the guards inside. You think... Uh, I, I mean, you saw more or less what they did with your gear. So they took all okay. of your obvious adventuring gear. Like, they didn't strip you of armor or anything like that, but they took your packs... Um, they took your weapons and, uh, they probably stowed most of it in a chest that's sort of built up into behind the driver's, uh, board area. And they really mm -hmm. weren't sure what to make of Glass's stuff. And one of them was just kind of poking through it, uh, throughout the ride. And then he, you know, found some stuff that made him think, Ooh, better tell the boss about this. Um, have we had a short rest? No, no, no. Okay. I was going to try to do something. Uh, uh, all right. Okay. Landis, real quick. Landis, why don't you roll me a d20 and tell me your results, please. Sure. Uh-oh. A nat 20! Boom! Yeah! Hey. All right. Uh, so we will, we will get back to that in just a moment. Cloak, Sweetie. after you hear that voice, this disembodied voice just come out of nowhere, whispering next mm -hmm. to your ear. You uh, feel something kind of lightly tap your shoulder as if someone was perhaps reaching past you through the barred window, something like that. Just a very brief mm -hmm. contact. And then you hear a clinking as the chains of your manacles are being messed with. Okay. Uh, I look at every uh, everything and I go, I just don't say anything at the moment. I also, hold on, let me see if I have tried my spells I did not. I don't know what spells I have, so that's why I haven't cast anything, and I haven't tried. <laughs> uh, well, I know you I cast. Uh, you at least cast one first level to uh, to do protection from evil and good prior. Yeah. Um, I want to say I did cast cure wounds. Should I? That sounds right. Okay. Yeah, and so uh, I'm going to. Um, ooh. Okay, I got it. We're good. 
I am. I am. Uh, as like the the manacles are uh, coming off. Is there a, like? Is it very easy to get out of here? Define very easy to get out of here. <laughs> like what like, are you wondering let's about? Let's say a gnome <laughs> cast past without trace and then starts uh, oh, making his uh, way towards a treasure chest to find his weapons. No, no, because you're still no. in plain sight. There's two guards kind of watching you. Um, yeah, you'd mm-hmm. have to get. You have to find a place to hide. Get out through the door. Yeah, not really. Okay. Can I see outside the carriage? Yes, absolutely. You can see out the barred windows. Okay. Uh, take a pause for a moment. Tilly and Riodan, what's going on in uh, carriage number two? How are you guys doing? Uh, Tilly's still looking on the guard. Like, trying to muster in the, um, the courage in them. You need to go prison. check on your, your mates. How did you do on your check? What was the result of that? Uh, do you remember the result of your check? 16. All right. Uh, so they kind of look at each other, and uh, one of them says, well, if there's any chance she's telling the truth, you better get out there and check. And so one of them uh, heads out of the carriage and heads up toward the first uh, the first, first one in the column. Um, Rowan, do you want to make another attempt to slip your shackles? Yes. Oh, while she's doing that, she's actually going to feign some some discomfort and oh, good sir, the, these these manacles are too tight on me. Would would you mind loosening them a bit? And she's casting suggestion. Oh, all right. Uh, what's your save, DC? Fourteen. That's a whiz save. Wisdom saving throw. That will fail. Um, all right. So he uh, he sort of blinks and he says, uh, "Yes, yes, of course. We're not, we're not barbarians. We're not going to see. We're not going to. Uh, you're not to be tortured. Of course not." And he reaches into his tunic and takes out the key and uh, comes over to and he starts uh, undoing your shackles. Oh, oh thank you. I, I'm just an old woman, and my it's doing doing an awful deal on my bones all right so while all of this is going on the the folks up on the front of the the wagon are getting even more agitated uh they come down off of the top of the wagon three of them they wrench open the door and they reach in and grab a hold of Glaz by his tunic. And he begins to sort of sputter and protest. Wait, what, what are you doing? This is not... And they start pulling him out of the uh, out of the wagon. Uh, are, are my thingies falling off yet? At about this moment, you hear a very distinctive click. And the shackles drop to the bench behind you. Clink, clink. Uh, uh, I'm going to... I whisper again real quick and I say you need to handle this, I'm going to the second cart, and I go to the second cart. Alright. Um, without even, as you're whispering that, um, all you hear is, oh, fuck faces, and then I cast Misty Step outside <laughs> and into the, the caravan, and I'm gonna stealth under it and start uh, preparing to cast um, uh, Pass Without Trace. Or they're not above okay. anymore, are they? They're not above, no. They're, like, coming in from the door to, to grab Glass and haul him out. 
Okay. Um, so all, all you hear very loudly, uh, anyone, I say it very loudly so everyone can hear. It's like, hey, foxes. And then you hear, then you see the, the whirl of like the like green light in the leaves disappear. And then like you see it like appear onto like the side, like where he's stealthily going and he's like climbing up to the tre open treasure chest that they left there. Uh, I hope it's open. Um, uh, and uh, going for his shit. Okay, uh, so why don't you go ahead and make me a dexterity stealth check to see if you can uh, teleport away unnoticed. Damn it, I got a nine? A nine, eh? uh, I'm I'm going to give you advantage because there's a lot going on right now, so you can make that... Uh, oh, 24. <laughs> That's way better, okay. All right, uh, yeah, yeah, so Cloak uh, vanishes in a swirl of, of leaves and, and green glowing light, and the um, the soldiers are taken aback by that because he just sort of slipped out of his shackles as far as they can tell. Uh, but they're very preoccupied with Glaz. You can see that uh, one of them has, uh, it looks like he has broken blood vessels in the whites of his eyes. And uh, he's sort of grabbing Glaz around the arm and they drag him out of the, the carriage onto the street. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting up to that treasure chest. Uh, and I'm looking, like, taking everything out, and ooh, the fucking the books are out, too. Uh, I'm gonna have to, like, put that in a cloth and haul that around okay. as well. But... So, you at this point have uh, taken a bonus action, an action, so you can clamber mm -hmm. up to the top of the, of the carriage, and you can see that the footlocker is, in fact, open, but it's gonna take you a little bit more to get to it and get anything out of it. Um, okay. While you're watching uh, from this vantage point, Cloak, you can see that one of them has unhitched one of the draft horses that was pulling the wagon, and they are dragging Glaz over to the horse. Over, they unhitched the horse. Can yep. I do something? I, can, I don't have an action left, do I? Um, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, not really, not really. That's all you see for now. Okay. All okay. right, so okay. in uh, in in the. The second wagon, you all see one of the fellows uh, step down from the interior and start heading up toward the front, and the other soldiers are kind of like leaning out, seeing what's going on. So Riodan and Tilly, they're not really looking at you right now. In Riodan's ear, very close and oh. very quiet, <laughs> Riodan hears a voice that says, don't react. I'm going to get you out of these manacles. I already got one of you out be cool and then i'm gonna go start working on the the things the thingies okay Tilly's um, watching me in space like i knew i had friends tilly what's your passive <laughs> perception uh passive perception let's see i don't even know if i have it on the sheet oh wait i don't have it on the sheet i don't know actually I have no advantage uh, on it, but... Uh, let me see. Okay, it looks like your passive perception is 10, so you're not, not proficient in perception at all. No. Nope. Uh, all right, so you don't you don't hear whatever's going on over there. Riordan's just making weird faces. Um, Riordan, you feel something sort of like tap lightly on your back, like maybe someone's scrabbling around back there. Can't really tell. You don't see anything. So whatever it is uh, hmm. must be invisible. Um, it's a up in the front... Line. You can see the uh, the officer on the first um, 
the officer on the the first wagon that is hauling Glaz out drags him up and hauls him bodily up onto the horse, and it looks like he's getting ready to ride away. I, I don't know. I can't do anything with this right now. Sure. Uh, just yeah, Rowan. Once her hands are free, she's going to just look at the officer who she suggested. It's like, oh, thank you, dear. That's much appreciated before raising her hands to cast uh, blindness on both of them. Of the guards in the car. All right. Uh, Can you upcast it to try and get both of them? Is that how that works? Yes. Yeah, I'm doing a third level. Got it. Um... Not it's con save. Constitution save DC fourteen. Uh, whew, they both blow it. So um, as you're as you're sort of getting their attention and you uh, you whisper your prayer to Wotan, they blink in sudden surprise as their eyes just go black, uh, and they call out in fright. So you can see them sort of fumbling for their weapons. And the rest of you in the middle and front carriages can now hear a great hue and cry rising from the rear of the column at this point. Um, Landis, I'm roll going, me a d20. I'm going to start, yeah. start fumbling at, uh, at Paula's manacles now. All right. You got an 18. How'd you do? I whispered to Tilly. An 18? Nice. Yeah. My friend. <laughs> All right. Uh, they treat they treat me well for a few sessions and then they go to shit. <laughs> been pretty darn good so far. All right, um, Riodet, your your wrists are free as the manacles click open and uh, and you find yourself no longer restrained. Without really thinking about it, he loudly says, "Ha ha!" Well, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell it. Right. It's my friends. I think. I must have friends I didn't know about. They're saving me. What drugs are you on now? What happened? Look, All right. Look, uh, so so in... Radicals are gone. <laughs> All right. So uh, in the in the front where where uh, Glass is being dragged up to the horse, you hear two of the soldiers cloak saying, "Find find the gnome. We there's there's something with this trollkin. We're going to have to deal with him. The uh, the the nobles, the the, the 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 lady of the house that we just took him from, they're going to make trouble. You heard what the captain said. We need to deal with him now. And uh, the sergeant um, hauls Glaz up by his manacles up onto the horse and spurs the horse and takes it off at a gallop. All right, Cloak, what are you trying to do? They're, they're, that horse that's starting the gallop, it's by the front? It is now a good uh, 60 feet away from the front of the... Uh, oh, Jesus. What the fuck is the that horse on? <laughs> yep, he, he drives his spurs into it. It screams and kind of whinnies in surprise and a little bit of pain and just launches itself forward now free of the, the yoke of the, uh, the carriage. Uh, okay, Moth. Uh, uh, one moment, guys. I know Scarlet Moth is going to need to uh, pull her ripcord and head off a little bit early, unfortunately. That's all right. Uh, I think we've got uh, a nice cinematic combat breaking out in the <laughs> in the rearmost wagon at this point <laughs> with some blind guards and a pissed-off dwarven blacksmith and and a now-free grandma bird. So we'll we'll sort that out. Thanks very much, and uh, we're, I'm so happy we're getting to play again. Yeah.
I'll see you guys next week. Sorry. Bye. No, no problem. Good luck. Thank you. Bye. Peace. Bye. All right. Uh, so, uh, Cloak, what did you want to do as you see Glaz being dragged off, sort of struggling, uh, but not really making any headway against this uh, this fellow who's got a hold of him? Uh, am I able to grab my uh, sword out of that tre- treasure chest quickly? Yeah. You can clamber forward, rummage around, and find your sword. And as you pull it up, you can ignite it if you like. Not yet. I can't get to the horse. It's 60 feet away. Um, is there another horse on the front of this one? There is another horse on the front of the carriage. Uh, no, I'm sorry, there's not. There's one draft horse on each uh, on each carriage. So this carriage is now basically stranded. Okay, and they, did they take the the void tablets? Yeah. So you're taking a moment to look around. Uh, you know that they dropped them sort of on the uh, where you heard something fall and clatter. Uh, and mm-hmm. you couldn't see what they were actually messing with, right? But, I mean, it's not difficult for you to two and two together. You've seen the effects of void speech and void glyphs before. Um, so, mm-hmm. no, you don't see uh, Glaz's pack or or the uh, or the tablets. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, I'm gonna... I can't go out by myself. I'm gonna need to break everyone else out. Um, I wish Puff was here now. Because then it could be an epic chase. Um, so <laughs> at this point, when I hear that they are going to kill us anyways, um, I'm going to... Uh, uh, the only other thing I want to grab is my handy haversack, because it has my money in it. Uh, yep. And um, you... Uh, what the? What was it to activate my sword? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Um, uh, it's a bonus action to ignite it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I would. Um, I'm gonna ignite it. I believe it was uh, Morgrim was to ignite mm-hmm. it, uh, and Tissa was to put it out. Um, so uh, he be, he's all of a sudden you hear Morgrim, like in a little uh, deep kind of like gnomish voice, uh, and uh, he would start getting into a position to uh, jump on one of the guards. Okay, uh, and you can see that the guards are... Um, what did you have on your stealth check? It was like an 18 or 20-something. 20, 24? 24. 24. Alright, so you can see that, like, well, alright, so you just ignited your sword, so hiding is no longer a thing. Um, mm-hmm. So your, uh, your blade bursts into flames, and you can see the guards kind of backing up uh, around the uh, away from the carriage a little bit to try and get a better look at where you went and you can see them hefting their pikes uh so tilly and riodan you can kind of see this craziness going on up there you hear cloak calling out you see a burst of flame and you hear the guards calling out uh to one another uh and, and just all hell is breaking loose the carriage in front of you people are screaming and you hear weapons the carriage behind you you could hear uh screams of uh, alarm and uh and, and cries of near panic and uh what sounds like paula yelling some sort of battle cry tilly's like i'm not dying here and she puts two feet on the butt of <laughs> one of the guards that are leaning out and just kicks him as hard as she can to see if he'll fall out, right. and she can maybe jump and run past it. <laughs> make a make a strength athletics check. Strength athletics. I'll, I'll try and help. Go. <laughs> you gonna push me? 
<laughs> yeah, I'll push you and you'll push back. <laughs> a 12! A 12? Uh, a 12 yeah. is sufficient. He yelps in surprise and goes sprawling forward and just eats it on the uh, the filthy cobblestones. Um, I told you you should help your friends if she tries to like, get shuffling out. <laughs> Riyadan, what do you want to do as she is uh, as she has just kicked this dude in the ass and sent him sprawling out into the the puddles in the road? Right. Yes, I, I'm helping, and I follow after Tilly, uh, hot in pursuit. Um, <laughs> okay. So there's, uh, there's there's one more uh, there's one more guard kind of uh, kind of in the doorway who is looking out. So do you want to try and shove him out as well, or? Oh, yeah, I'll try and linebacker. Shoulder with him. Let's go. <laughs> All right, uh, then... we'll, we'll go for uh, maybe he's trying to trip him up or something rather than sure. Not, make me a make me a strength well athletics check. Oh, that's plus one. Good job, Will. Oh, now twenty, baby. Oh my God! All right. <laughs> so you just sort of uh, you just sort of <gasps> let's go and you throw your plate on her shoulder into it back and he goes tumbling out after and lands in a heap on his buddy in the dirty water of the cobblestone street uh so the two of you are currently clear of guards for the moment until they disentangle themselves and uh yeah your hands are free of the manacles landis what's next landis uh so would you no mm. Nope, never mind. Uh, I have gone to, they've unhitched the first horse. They have a second and a third horse still remaining. Can mm -hmm. I fly? I can obviously tell that they're doing their own thing in the third cart and don't need me back there. So can I uh, go to one of the horses, the second horse, and try to unhitch it? Unravel sure. all the little uh, things? That is going to be a tall order, and it Okay. Uh, it can probably be done, but it's going to take a while. Okay. Instead, actually, I think a better thing would be that um, back by the building where my body is, is leaned up against it with my eyes closed, you just see all of a sudden um, eyes pop open and there are these brass eyeballs with gleaming emeralds that kind of glow from the inside. And right. I uh, book it. I just run towards what All is right. happening. All right, so there's uh, there's a soft whispering of springs and gears clattering as you just take off down the street. And uh, about at this point, you've been insensate to sort of your own surroundings for the moment. Uh, you can tell now that there are, uh, is a group of people that have already started running a fair bit ahead of you toward the fracas. And you can see occasionally in the fitful street lamps, red cloaks billowing out behind these figures as they run down the darkened streets. All right, so the rest of you, as you're beginning to sort of muscle your way out uh, of the carts, Cloak, what's your uh, what's your next order of business? Uh, which guard is most unexpected right now? <laughs> I mean, I'm, guards... flying, I'm flying out at them, and guards, ah! and like, uh... So the the, the guards around you are pretty well suspecting since they saw mm -hmm. you vanish and then your your sword burst into flame up above, but you're going to basically jump on one? You know why? Uh, I'm going to uh, 
real quick look at what the cat oh it's fucking one action um i was gonna do mincy step again but uh i wouldn't be able to make an attack um misty step is a bonus action is it this mm-hmm. this thing is telling me wrong okay so what i'm gonna do is then uh i'm going to uh misty step uh behind uh one of the like i'm gonna like get a vantage point on one of the guards and go boom and like disappear again and then uh reappear behind him uh and then uh go and like drive my uh sword flaming uh using my planar warrior uh into his back uh okay uh misty step and planar warrior are both bonus actions so if you want to get down there and planar warrior him you'll have to just kind of climb or jump down on your own power which i mean you can do Uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the misty step and then I'll do the normal attack. Okay, and yeah. I'll hang on to it. Okay, uh, so let's uh, let's do it. Uh, any advantage at all? No, doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> uh, no, so although that... you know what, I will I will give you uh, inspiration for your uh, scampering and uh, escape. In fact, I'm also going to grant inspiration to. Uh, Tilly as well for uh, for the dealing with your your guards of the other set for setting that whole situation up right so carry on uh, he takes 11 damage which is um, I believe it's a five I rolled a five I'm not sure uh, but it's 11 damage I don't know if it added the fire damage into there um, I, I, don't, I don't know man you tell me <laughs> Oh shit! It did not. So I'm gonna roll two d six. I didn't have it checked. That's why. Um, so that'd be another three, 14 damage to that one guard. Uh, Eleven slashing, three fire. All right. Uh, he cries out in pain, and you can see his blood sort of uh, sprays out onto the stones, and uh, there's just a deep sear gash through his uh, through his chain armor, and. Uh, He's bleeding profusely from just above the hip. Uh, the other guard starts running around the uh, the carriage towards you. Um, Riodan and Tilly, what's your uh, what's your your go here? You want to go first, Riodan? You want to? I'm following Tilly right now. Well, I'm actually behind you, I guess. So I want to uh, okay. follow up on what Tilly's doing. Yeah. All right, Tilly, uh, confused by your hands being out of your. Uh, thingies, as eloquently put earlier by McLogan. Um, uh, she's she's going to ask you, did you steal the guards? Did you steal the keys? Where are they? And she's like looking on the w- the one that's kind of swimming on the bottom's belt for like. No, no, that's what I'm control. telling. I'm trying to tell you. My friends just saved me. And, and don't lie about your keys. Help me find more. Then and she's like ruffling on his belt now. I'm Listen, come here. I've got hands. Belt. I'll, I'll like, let me. <laughs> I'm gonna try it. And, yeah. Uh... <laughs> I'm gonna fiddle. Just kicking him like, around, like where are the keys? Where are the keys? Because <laughs> I've got my hands. I'm gonna try and fiddle on her locks while she's searching for the keys. So we're, ba- we're right. definitely working across purposes. My uh, <laughs> my magic bean. Yeah. Um. My yeah. my magic bean would currently be working on Tilly's cuffs. <laughs> okay, uh, go ahead and make me a dexterity check. Go ahead and roll me a d20 <laughs> with disadvantage. Make me a, yeah, roll a d20 with... 
Disadvantage. Like, disadvantage. There's my hands 15. on Landis's invisible. A 15 <laughs> even with disadvantage? Yeah. Is that, is that what I heard? Oh, no, 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 oh, no, no, no. Wow. I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry. I rolled, uh, it was a three. <laughs> I did it backwards. I'm, yeah. Oh, okay. I got excited about right, the 15. Uh, it's a so, three. <laughs> uh, so you think, so the, uh, the, the lock starts to click. And yeah, Tilly, it feels weird. One of the shackles starts like wiggling I against did it. your wrist. See, and you sort of like <laughs> flip your hand, <laughs> and then and why then does nobody wiggling. believe in me? <laughs> so I'm the, the best one of all of us. The shackle does not <laughs> open. Such a comeback. Um, <laughs> so my hands aren't free. Your hands are not free currently, unfortunately. No. What are you um, talking about? You, you can hear... do nothing. I'm not doing. <laughs> She's just wrangling with it. You Where hear a uh, a heavy bone crunching impact from inside the the back carriage as someone is just thrown bodily up against the wall on the inside, and you can see uh, a hobnailed dwarven boot kick the door open, and Paula starts making her way outside, and she has a soldier like up wrapped around her shoulders trying to pull her back and she's just like hauling him bodily out of the carriage with her can i just straight um, up charge him it's my turnover please tell me i can charge the shit. <laughs> yeah if you want to if you want to stop looking for keys and instead charge at that guy you, I can. you sure can as soon as i hear that boot i'm like i know that boot what are you doing and she like <laughs> char- like runs <laughs> All right, so tilly just goes uh careening off toward the the rear carriage and what would you like to do to this poor bastard who's trying to wrestle Paula back in? Uh, if I can get some sort of advantage on him to tackle him without hitting her, that would be great. Uh, if I not, mean, he's, he's I'm going to tackle of both trying, of them because she like it. Like, he's trying to grapple her at the moment. Uh, so he's, like, basically grabbing her around the neck and trying to pull her back in and currently failing. Um, so you could uh, you could try to smash your elbow in. You could use an unarmed strike. You could try and beat him with the... Oh, Jesus, you have the Tavern Brawler feet, don't you? Mm-hmm. So that's a, so that's an improvised sorry. weapon that you <laughs> are... Uh... We have food here, I'm sorry. I got very excited. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> uh, I so like, you is could, that a sound could, effect? Uh, I didn't do that. <laughs> you, could <use> your... <laughs> you can use your shackles as an improvised weapon that you're proficient in, so you can make just a normal weapon attack with it to try and, like, bludgeon him with the shackles. Uh, are we shackled in the front of ourselves or behind ourselves? Because uh, you know I'm what? not probably, very... Probably behind. So now that you mention it, yes, you're shackled behind. So you could basically try to bowl into him and try and knock him over. It'll be tricky yeah. because he's hanging on to Paula and half out of a out of a uh, doorway. She's, so why don't you go ahead and make a... charge and just scream, I'm sorry, Paula! And just like... Smoosh <laughs> <laughs> all the way all right. in. Make a strength athletics check. It's a 15. <laughs> a 15. All right. You just beat him, even with his advantage. So you come in and you basically leap into the air and just drive your shoulder into uh, his ribs and arm. And you hear something kind of pop as he yelps and lets go of Paula. She stumbles a few steps forward as she's suddenly released. And uh, this guy goes sprawling back into the carriage and sort of loses his footing. Um, cloak is gone. Um, oh, he's no, back. He's back <laughs> yeah, that's a good <laughs> uh, So at this point, cloak, you hear 
you hear a bunch of voices sort of raise in uh, a disjointed cry as figures begin running out of the alleyways on either side of the street toward the carriages. You hear the twanging of crossbow strings and bolts begin whistling in and thunking into the sides of the carriages and three of the guards double over in pain as crossbow bolts strike into them. Uh, Cloak, the one that you wounded with your blade, a crossbow bolt catches him in the neck and he spins and sprawls down onto the ground, twitching as a, uh, a rapidly spreading pool of blood stretches out from underneath him, looking black and slick on the stones. Uh, so yeah, there are figures assaulting these guards streaming out of the alleyways on either side of you. And the uh, the Undying Sun soldiers are thrown into immediate disarray. Um, as that happens, what is, where is everyone else? Uh, you can see Ryodan, uh, like, hopping up and down triumphantly uh, and, like, and, like, waving shackles around in one hand and, like, sort of half-assed looking for keys on the down guard with the other one. And uh, you see Tilly has just, like, freight trained back towards Paula and smashed her, like, head and shoulder into the guard that was uh, trying to grapple Paula. Uh, you can hear the clattering hooves of the guard on the horse, the sergeant on the horse who's taking Glass away, and they just go off into the night. Um... Am I able to quickly release a horse to go after them? Not really quickly, but you could get back to the second carriage and try to try to work on getting one free. Yeah. Okay. Because um, uh, I'm going to try to do that and be like, the turquoise and the tablets. <laughs> and very panically is like on the horse and like trying to like cut it loose. Um uh, in that right. way. So you uh, you sort of sprint away from the guard that uh, just took a crossbow bolt to the throat and fell dead at your feet. You sprint back toward the second carriage, uh, waving your blade. Um, why don't you make me an animal handling check with disadvantage as you wave a flaming blade in front of a horse? Uh, that'd be a 16. Okay. Uh, you manage to uh, spook and startle the horse but it doesn't panic. You manage to soothe it enough that it doesn't bolt immediately and you start trying to get under the yoke and cut the harness away. Mm -hmm. uh, Landis, what are you doing? Yeah, so uh, how, how close has Landis managed to get? You are at this point, you're kind of like on the heels of these uh, these red cloaked ruffians that are assaulting the, the caravan. Uh, so you're maybe 60 feet away. Okay. Um, and they, but they are specifically targeting the guards, right? I've not seen it them go like, after this other group. Right. They are specifically targeting the guards. Okay. Um, then I'm not going to worry about them for this moment. I am going to, uh, where are the guards positioned right now? They're just sort of scattered all over the place. Um, you see okay. there are several clustered up near the front of the first wagon where one of the horses is gone. Um, you see several uh, are uh, basically staggering backward, nursing crossbow wounds, and a couple have actually been dropped. Okay. How many are left? Uh, quick glance, you'd say eight all told, but they're kind of spread out and, and in, in various 
sort of states of disarray and <laughs> might have other things to worry about, like, you know, steel-clad dwarves. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good to know. Uh, whichever ones are not actively engaged in uh, what's the this group's um, combat, I want to... Whichever one's closest to me and not actively fighting with one of the people I'm supposed to be saving, I would like to uh, shoot a good old Eldritch Blast at it. Okay, what does your Eldritch Blast look like when you fire it off? Oh, man. Uh, so the cool thing is that because I am made of metal, it's almost like it starts in my shoulders and y there's like a crackling of energy and it just starts to come down the little gears and the the different pieces of my arm and, and circle around it and make this almost lightning-like energy that I uh, shoot out from my hands. And it's um, kind of, the whole thing kind of lights up like a bit of a firework or a, an awesome. electrical explosion. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like a, like a transformer on a, on a power line. Yes, over, like a exactly, exactly. Right. It looks right, just cool. like a transformer blowing. <laughs> So, uh, so the rest of you see this uh, blue and white sort of sparkle of light with this low, almost humming crackle. And there's this snap as this energy discharges out of an alleyway toward one of the guards. Are you firing one, one blast or two? Uh, I will eventually fire two. Do you want me to do both of them at the same time? As you like. Uh, one was a 13 and one was an eight. Uh, all right. So these guys are wearing chainmail and shields. So he actually spins and lifts his shield and kind of ducks behind it. And the energy, uh, scatters off of the, uh, off of the metal surface of the shield and scours the sunburst device that's on it and actually drives him back a step. He blocks both of the bolts. Lame. He is. Uh, all right. So what are the rest of you doing now that you can see bandits of some sort uh, assaulting your captors? Tilly's going to try to get Rita and come over and help her get out of her shackles again. What are you doing? Already done it. Get over here. Not the really blinds. I'll, I'll scurry over to give it another go. All right, um, so at this point, you can see Rowan uh, sort of forced her way out of the door, and uh, something is really screwed up with the guards back in her um, in her carriage. They're, like, swinging wildly and uh, kind of scrabbling around. It looks like they are somehow disoriented. They're having, they're having a lot of trouble, and you can see that Rowan actually has a key ring in her hands as she comes out and, like, shaking it. She says, I've got it! Good, good, yes. That'll so, also uh, do that. Do, uh, do you want to do anything else? You know that they took your stuff and put it up in the chest in the driver's board yeah, I'm gonna, the carriage. I'm going to try and get up there to get my stuff. My okay. You can, you can just kind of clamber up the short ladder, hop up, flip the lid open, and you can see yours and Tilly's weapons and uh, your holy symbol in there. Ha! Hmm. I toss any bits I can back down to the party. Yep, or you can just kind of, I mean, you can even just pick up the whole chest if you want. Up to just you. pick up the chest, yeah. All right, let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I 
So he's like a Pirates of the Caribbean scene right now. <laughs> <laughs> on top of a wagon, I've got a chest. <laughs> Come on! All right. So yeah, so Ryudan hops up. Uh, he kind of hefts this chest up and just hops down the other side. Let's go! All right. Um, Cloak, what you doing? You're uh, cutting the horse uh, free? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you managed to cut the horse loose of its uh, of its harness. Okay, uh, I start taking off directly where the galloping was. Okay, uh, it has a pretty decent head start on you, um, and it was basically just headed down the road toward the uh, toward the bridge. Um, towards the bridge. Uh, um, is there any way I can uh, take a shortcut? I need the cobalt. The, the problem is you're on a, a, a long island okay. and you could maybe try to cut through alleyways if you wanted, although that would be difficult and dangerous probably. Are we, uh, so we're past the gullet right now or where are we? You guys are toward the edge of the gullet. Uh, sorry, you're not, you're not at the gullet. You're uh, over at the pastures. Okay, um, you're near the you're near the stone bridge at the north end of the pastures. Uh, and north is okay. Um, uh, sorry, okay, not, they... sorry, not not north. The up end of the pastures. Oh, oh, the up end. Okay, yeah, so it's um, <laughs> okay, uh, and uh, and they're going towards Zobek, or are they going away? Towards Zobek. Towards Zobek. Towards Zobek for sure. Uh, in fact, you know that at the other end of that bridge is the gate to the Citadel. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I am an urban ranger at the same time. You are? Uh, what the fuck? Hold on. I wonder, I'm trying to remember if that gives me something to help me out here. Uh, Not in particular. No, it, in, it, it can help in various ways. Not in not in this sort of situation. Difficult terrain doesn't slow my group's travel. Yeah. Uh, would that help me get through the alleyways faster? It doesn't really help you in combat. It's uh, it, it it's really for like overland travel. Um, so that doesn't really kick in here, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. Um, you know what? Let's. I'm gonna try to cut them off. I'm gonna go through alleyways and try to get at them as best I can. Okay. Uh, so why don't you give me? Why don't you give me a dexterity check? Uh, do you have animal handling proficiency? Uh, sorry, animal handling is not dexterity. Um, charisma. Yeah, it's charisma. I think. So why don't you give me? Why don't you? Why don't you give me a dexterity animal handling check with disadvantage? Okay, so at disadvantage, um, so this will be. I'm going to do acrobatics because that's essentially the same thing uh, as what you just if you, said. Yeah, so if, if you're if you're proficient in animal handling, then yeah. No, I'm not. Then it's just. I'm not. Uh, okay, it's just dexterity. Okay, um, yeah, so let's, straight dex let's, check with disadvantage. Nine. 
Nine. All right. So you cut down the alleyway and you find yourself uh, sort of face to face with one of those straggling bandits. And uh, for a moment, you kind of like it takes you aback a little bit because they're all wearing these crimson cloaks. And for a moment, you're like, oh, is it the guys? And no, this is most assuredly a human. Um, although you do see some other small figures in the, the bandit cadre wearing these red cloaks, and you end up, uh, the horse kind of balks rather than trample over him, and uh, so you lose a little time as the horse skids around this individual who sort of curses at you, um, and as you turn down the alleyway, you find yourself having to pick your way around and jump over just a lot of crates and trash and obstacles and other things that are in your way. It's not a clear path you've ended up taking, unfortunately. Okay. I'm still, um, I'm still trying to feeline it the best way I can. Right. Uh, Tilly, Paula, uh, th- smashes her elbow into the other guard who's trying to get back to his feet. And uh, you can hear his nose crack and blood pour down his face as uh, she kind of clears the way for Rowan to come out. And Rowan starts fumbling with the key in your manacles. And uh, in a few seconds, she has you free. Okay. Uh... If, as soon as uh, Tilly's free, she's going to make her way back, stepping probably over again and on the guards that it might be still be in the mud, I hope, um, Ooh, to get yeah. towards Riordan where the where the chest is, because he was like, this is our stuff, let's go. Okay, so uh, after Paula gets uh, finished pulping this poor bastard's nose and lips, uh, she kind of hucks herself up, grabs the chest, and just pulls it down and grunts as she takes the weight of it on her shoulder. Um, right, Landis. Uh, you can see that the bandits are now uh, charging into close combat with the um, with the knights, and uh, you can see that these people are starting to gather their things from the carts and kind of uh, just sort of look for a place to go at this point. Like Riodan has this chest and he's looking around like let's go, but he doesn't really. He clearly doesn't have a plan. <laughs> Which way do we you go? You're I'm going to forget every time. Um, are you just like holding the chest or are you guys trying to like put your gear on? Uh, just holding it at the moment. Yeah, putting the stuff on I think would take too long. Yeah, okay. Just look at the uh, Friends, which way is the same route? <laughs> I want to run up and attempt to get, uh, get it. So no one is in the third cart right now, right? No, uh, none of the people you're trying to uh, make off with are in the third cart anymore. Okay. Are any of the guards in the cart, though? Oh, there are some some laid out guards uh, in the third cart, yes. Okay. Then I am going to run up and yell, get in the cart, and and just run towards the cart, and then I'm going to try to push the dumb guard out, whichever ones are laying down. And uh, once I've done, yeah. And then I want to uh, kind of get up, like, where you can drive it. Okay, so you're going to go up and, like, haul the uh, haul the downed guards out of the third cart and then take uh, yeah. take hold of the rain? Okay. Yeah. All right, so this, uh, so the rest of you see this, uh, this gear forged. And if you want to describe yourself in a little bit more uh, detail, Landis, you can, as they get a, a decent look at you for the first time. Uh, I feel like this is crazy and no one is even going to notice what I look like, aside from robot. Fair. <laughs> Fair. So a, uh, an iron 
figure comes running out of the darkness, cloak flapping with um, these uh, bolts of crackling energy kind of lancing between its fingertips. And uh, the glowing green eyes sort of uh, swing in your direction as it urges you to get in and takes hold of the reins. I, I follow the command. All right, it, this is the plan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's my friend. Don't recognize uh, his friend. Okay, um, so Tilly, getting into the getting into the cart, or honestly, Tilly, uh, seeing Paula hold on to the chest is going to help her try to like move the way towards the cart with it. If Paula's going in that direction at this point, she's just okay. Because that's that's our yeah, that's our so, gear in the in the chest. So. So, so basically, yeah, if she sees the gear forged climbing up and urging you all to get in the carriage, she looks at you and kind of quirks an eyebrow, questioningly, like, "We doing this?" Let's, I mean, let's go. They're all running that way, so they're only escaping. Alright, so she, she nods once, just kind of chucks the uh, the chest into the carriage, climbs up aboard, and holds out her hand for you. Tilly takes it. Alright, let's go. Alright, so you, you climb up, and Rowan sort of clambers in after you, sort of panting and muttering to herself. Um, yeah, uh, so Cloak, why don't you make me another dexterity check with uh, disadvantage as you're trying to push your way through the alleys? See if you can make up some time. Uh, 17. 16. 16. Sorry. 16. All right. Pretty good. Um, so you managed to uh, clear the obstacle field finally, and you uh, get into a series of alleyways that are relatively open, and it allows you to make up some lost time. Uh, as you approach through and between the buildings, you know that there is uh, sort of a curtain wall that goes around the outside of the pastures, and toward the western side of it, there is a uh, essentially a garrison or a watchtower. Um, and you can hear very distantly ahead of you, sort of echoing through the, through the city streets, you can hear the clattering of the other horses' hooves and the shouts of the sergeant. And as you finally break out from the alleyways back onto the road, you can see that there is a massive shape swooping down from the watchtower toward the street. There is a figure with a lance with a snapping pennon kind of caught in the wind from the tip of his weapon. Uh, their weapon, you can't really make out uh, who it is. The, this figure is half standing in the saddle that is strapped to the back of a massive black and gray speckled griffin. The creature opens its beak and lets out this shrill falcon-like cry and uh, it beats its wings as it swoops down and uh, sort of comes to a landing in the middle of the road, sort of between you and the galloping sergeant and uh, the figure sort of plants the, uh, the lance in the stirrup and begins looking around. Oh, so he got in my way. Yes. Yes, the, uh, the Griffin Knight has come down from the watchtower and is sort of in the middle of the road. And beyond them, you can see the, the basically every now and then in the streetlights as they flash by, maybe around 200 feet away from you at this point, the, uh, the other horse is, uh, is up ahead. Uh, approaching approaching the bridge. Is there, is there a way around the Griffin Knight at all? I mean, uh, at this point, it's sort of in front of the watchtower. 
not terribly far from the bridge. Uh, you think you might be able to loop around behind some other buildings, but you also know that if you don't take some sort of cover, you're going to be spotted pretty immediately. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to um, cast Pass Without Trace. Okay. Uh, and I want to try to get past this guard as fast as possible. So remember that Pass Without Trace just makes it easier for you to hide. You still have to actually hide, which means you'll have to get out of sight, uh, duck back into the alleys, okay. something. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't, okay. It's not like a cloaking um, field. It doesn't let you run around in the middle of the street yeah. and not be noticed. Um, let me... Uh, God, I'm trying to think how I get past this guy. Uh, is there another alley that I can cut down that will get around him? Um... So there's a, a row of buildings up against the road across the street from the uh, from the watchtower, the sort of the, the, the buildings that you came out. You think you could duck back behind the buildings and then sort of edge your way around, sort of as yeah. you already did. Um, but again, like, if you want to not be noticed, you will definitely have to hide. Because just, I mean, even if you're, like, if you just gallop the horse down, then you're definitely going to be spotted. Or her. Okay. Because I'm trying to stop this person. And my boots of springing, they make me faster. Is there anything else that they... Where are the boots? Uh, boots of swift striding. They just added 10 feet to my movement, I think. If I dash, that's times four. That's 120 feet. Plus, if I did Misty Step for one last time, that'd be 150 feet. It'd still be too far for me to reach out to them. Um, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the edging. I'm going to take cover. Uh, but okay. I'm also going to actively look for um, something to get me to the, the midway to the bridge before they do. Uh, I don't know what that's going to be, but I don't I mean... think there's going to be anything. You can, yeah, I mean, we can try it. Um, let's see. So you're going to hide, so why don't you go ahead and make me a dexterity stealth check. Uh, and if you're okay. using Pass Without Trace, if you're casting Pass Without Trace, you can add your plus 10 bonus. No, I'm going to do it normal. I'm going to hang on to my spell, because okay. I might need right. it. Um, seven, wait. I don't know. No, that's wrong. Here we go. 22. Okay, very good. Uh, so you kind of uh, haul on the reins of the horse and uh, pull it around to the side before you burst out onto the street proper and just into the open. And then you nudge it mm -hmm. down to a walk to try and uh, creep past in the darkened alleyways uh, around this griffin knight to, try and, to mm -hmm. try and not be seen or heard. So it is painfully slow going at this point. Maddeningly slow. Uh, but you're pretty sure that given the darkness and the cover you've taken behind the buildings, you don't think the knight spotted you. So you're okay. making your way around the side of the knight toward the bridge, desperately trying to get there but not be seen. Um, Landis, as you're um, loading everyone up on the, the final carriage, the one that actually still has a horse attached to it, um, you take a moment, or you feel a... Um, 
you feel sort of a prickle in the back of your head and you take a moment to shift your perceptions to a higher vantage point and during this moment you can see uh the little flaming sword darting through the alleyways that is cloak riding his horse trying to desperately cut off the uh the sergeant taking their friend away and you see from this higher uh perception you see the griffin knight sort of swoop down off of the top of the tower where it was keeping watch down onto the road and sort of covering the escape of this sergeant mounted on a horse um if you spend some time watching, you can see that Cloak is sneaking around now, uh, trying not to be spotted by the Griffin Knight, but it is definitely uh, making it so that he's not going to be able to catch the, the guard on the horse. And you watch as the uh, the sergeant carrying the trollkin gallops his horse across the stone bridge and through the gate, and uh, you can hear the faint sort of tinny shouts and uh, the gate begins to rattle closed. So uh, you also know yeah. that the direction you were planning to take the cart, there is a Griffin Knight yep. waiting there on alert. All right, I want to uh, tell Cloak with my voice that he's not gonna catch up and he needs to turn around. And then I wanna okay. take the cart in the opposite direction. Okay, your uh, your vantage point sort of swoops down toward Cloak. Cloak, then you hear you hear those exact words from that disembodied voice that you recognized from before. Um, mm -hmm. Can I ride the horse back to the party? Where was the party? Uh, the party was outside of Zobek proper at the Zealous Estate. So yes, if you want to take the horse back there, you could. Um, bear in mind, you do know that at least uh, a sizable part of the detachment of soldiers that arrested you were still at the estate last you knew. Okay, uh, I am. I am going to go back there. Uh, I'm going to get puff puff. Um, okay, shit's hitting the fan. I need puff puff. All right. Uh, okay, so at this point, um, yeah, Landis, as the remainder of the guards are very heavily preoccupied, uh, and now that their uh, panicked confusion begins to wear off, you can see that they snap into this um, military precision, their, uh, their drilled reflexes and skills push through their confusion and surprise and snap back to the forefront and they begin mounting a very effective defense against these brigands. In fact, you can see that four of the uh, the Red Cloak bandits have already been cut down. And the uh, the soldiers are sort of forming themselves into a pike and uh, a pike and sword and shield phalanx. Well, dang. So, uh... <laughs> they are quite <laughs> occupied as you snap the reins yeah. and haul hard to the right and just U-turn this thing back the way you can. Uh, you yeah. know that uh, there is another bridge called the Puffing Bridge that will lead into the Collegium District over to the east. So you can okay. swing wide around the pastures and uh, and get into Zobek that way, assuming that the guards yeah. haven't managed to send word ahead. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely gonna try to do that. And um, I am gonna... In, uh, I'm gonna, mm, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna turn around, and I would like to also um, send some help 
in case Cloak needs it. Make sure he's got my magic bean with him. Okay, no problem. What? All right, so uh, <laughs> we're going to we're going to just sort of fast forward a little bit then, because with the guards preoccupied, the uh, the Knights of the Undying Sun very heavily preoccupied by defending themselves against the Red Cloaks, and uh, Cloak now doubling back away from the Griffin Knight. You find yourselves essentially with a, a, a scot-free getaway from this point. The cart rumbles over the cobblestones, sweeps wide to the east, and across the wooden bridge into the Collegium District. Um, where would you like to take these people? <sighs> I am going to, first of all, when we get to a, a good alleyway or something like that, I'm going to... Mm-hmm. swing the cart into the alleyway and say everybody out we got to drop this cart and okay follow me there are <laughs> plenty plenty of alleyways Why? in and about near the collegium where you can uh, sort of swing it into the dark spaces between storefronts and uh, and residences and just sort of abandon it there the rest of you this takes several minutes of course so you can at this point very easily retrieve all of your equipment that was stashed and uh, disseminated to everyone who needs it. How far are we from my place? From your place, uh, I'm going to say tentatively that you live sort of on the border between Upper Zobek and the Merchant District. Um, So that is probably... Is there a scale on this map? There is. Probably pretty far. Probably a little more than a quarter mile. So How long super does that terribly. take to run? I don't exercise. So I don't... <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't take you that long. Yeah. If you want to go more subtly and avoid attracting How notice. So, I mean, you can, you can well, run there in a couple of days. Yeah, you can you can just run straight there, sort of as direct as possible in a few minutes. Okay, take you longer if you want to oh. be subtle about it. Okay, um, I'm gonna turn around and look at them and say, I don't have time to explain something. We need to get back to my place. Just follow me and try to be quiet. And I'm gonna take them, but I want to try to not just every like... time I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to take them just straight down the main road. I'd rather uh, try to stealth it a little bit. Um, okay. Yeah. So and if you I am swing, going to if you want to swing wide, not just take main the main avenue straight up the middle there, um, you could skirt the Citadel District um, toward the west, which would take longer, but at least would give you more cover and let you kind of dodge the main roads. Yeah, I want to do that. And I also would like to, uh, as they're getting their stuff on, I'm going to pause and just um, close my eyes and uh, I'm going to whisper in Cloak's ear and say, when this is all over, this is where you go. And then I'll tell him the um, the address. Okay. Do I know that right, address? Uh, I mean, it's it's good enough for you to find. Okay. You don't you don't know it in particular, no. It's not like, oh yeah, I play poker there. Yeah, no. No, you can find it. Yes, I'm a uh, game like right. Yeah. So uh, the rest of you, you spend. I assume the rest of you are just going to follow this gear forged, or what? Do you? Do when you uh, Landis, 
when Lena stops moving or for a moment to close their eyes, Tilly leans in to read and goes, Is this another one of the people you know? Is this another dealer? Is this what's happening? Do you, I don't what, know. Honestly, I'm starting How'd you get your hands free? How did you get your hands free? How did you get your hands starting to think maybe I've never met this person before, but it's awkward. I meet a lot of people. I'm quite famous around here, so, you know, I don't want to, you know. Obviously, he thinks a lot of me to save me, so um, just play it cool like I remember who he is. So you owe him, all right. <laughs> just keep walking. Probably. I spent several <laughs> months very high. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's, uh, it's, it's more likely fair. than it's a random event. <laughs> Okay, so uh, the rest of you basically sort of hunker and you're like, all right, shit, follow the gear force. I don't know. Um, and Paula just sort of watches you and says, well, they've gotten us this far uh, and we definitely need to get off the street. And I don't think it's a good idea to go back to the Silk Scabbard at this point. They obviously know who you are. If the rest of your people I haven't agree. been arrested yet, they probably soon will. That was so last season. <laughs> we need a new hang out you know well all right so landis you begin leading them on a sort of uh slower wider but uh, much less noticeable route through the city you stick near the river Derry, which you know will lead you to a bridge that'll take you into your district and from there it's a pretty short walk to home uh cloak as you're riding yep. back toward the zealous estate you can see um Oh, uh, I, I will also assume, by the way, Landis, that you uh, tried to douse or get rid of the glowing sun lantern as you rode off into the night with the, the stolen carriage. <laughs> yes, if there is, if there was a glowing yes. sun lantern, I would like to put Indeed that out. <laughs> there is. Yes, yes, okay. there's a mithril and gold, uh, white sort of enameled lantern glowing with the intensity of the sun, and uh, you fiddle with it for a while. It's very clearly magical, but you do managed to douse it so it looks like it has an actual flame I that you wouldn't can even cover. care about dousing it i would just like throw just it, it off the side okay. of the car yeah <laughs> fuck that light <laughs> all right as you guys are as you guys are turning around and heading toward the bridge landis just grabs it and heaves it off toward the river <laughs> you hear cloak all right. That's what money. Yeah, all right so oh don't worry Whoa. i got money <laughs> Cloak, you're uh, you're riding out of town into the dark towards the Zealous Estate, and you can see that bright glowing light. Now not as intense as it was, that several of the lanterns have been attached to the carriages and have been left behind at the pastures, mm -hmm. but you can see that sun glow is still lighting the courtyard, the, the front yard of the Zealous Estate. Um, is there any supplies on this horse as I'm like riding out there? Um, yeah, you're you are riding bareback. Um, there was it was set up oh, to pull. Okay. A, it was set up to pull a wagon, not to uh, not to be ridden. Uh, as we get close, uh, I'm gonna bring it down to a trot, uh, and then uh, send the horse back to the city. Um, and having it right off that way, and now I'm casting pass without trace, and I'm breaking in to get up. up. Okay, so you send the um, you send the horse sort of uh, trotting its way back down the path toward the city, and as you mm -hmm. slip off the road into the uh, into the grass, the 
darkness and shadows of the night just sort of ooze up like mist and swirl around you, mm-hmm. muffling your footsteps and blurring your uh, your uh, your visage from sight. Uh, so you make your way up to the bower, which is the, uh, the somewhat pretentious name of the Zealous Estate. Uh, do you want to go right up to the front gate? Because you can see horses, you see another carriage with one of those sun lamps, and several knights and soldiers around it. Yes. I want to see what's in the carriage. Uh, I don't want to be in the light of the sun lamps. I want to keep a distance because I think they might be revealing. Um, So, Right. So you make your way up and around and kind of swing wide off to the left. You come up through some of the shapes like uh, topiaries and shrubs that are in the front lawn that decorate it. Uh, as well as the uh, flower gardens in the front there. You creep your way up, and it looks like it's another one of those... um, It's like uh, essentially either a troop-carrying wagon or a prisoner transport wagon, depending on how you decide to use it. It looks just like one of those Mm -hmm. other ones. It doesn't look like there's anyone inside it at this moment. It looks like there are three soldiers out in front of it, and you can Mm -hmm. see uh, that there are folks moving around inside the house. The front doors have been closed, but you can see through the windows to the well-lit interior, uh, and you can mm-hmm. see Anastasia is um, I assume you're going to kind of make your way around and get the lay of the land, that, sort of, that mm-hmm. sort of deal. So as you make your way around toward the back of the house, you see the hedge maze that uh, Vandessian Thrick, in his, you know, drug-addled, drunken stupor sort of wandered off into <laughs> at, yeah. the, uh, at the end of the party, once you woke him back up. Uh, and mm-hmm. there's a wide sort of marble patio and the doors that lead into the ballroom are closed now as well but they are glass and the the shades are the the curtains are open so you can see in one of the sitting areas amongst just the remains of carnage there are um several dead house soldiers a couple of dead party guests from some of the collateral damage that happened in there you see these dark greasy sprays of ash that are the remains of the vampire spawn that you slew. Uh, mm-hmm. You can see where the wood of the dance floor is scorched and charred and blistered where the pit fiend arose and mm-hmm. uh, and the just the flames of its arrival uh, gouged and, and torched the wood. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there is just blood and chaos. And you can see that there's like a small fitful effort of some of the servants to clean that up but they are kind of off in the wings. You can see Anastasia seated, uh, her back straight, her hands folded in her lap, and her eyes hard and angry as she seems to be in a sort of intense conversation with that mustached knight captain who led these people. Uh, um, do I see Puff Puff? Uh, you get, you swing around a little bit and you can see behind one of the tables that's near the sofa where she's sitting, you can see that Puff Puff is laying by her feet. Okay. Um, I'm going to try to get Puff Puff's attention. And um, and it's going to be like, if I can see like the window, maybe doing like a very like light tapping or scratching. Sure. Uh, you creep your way over. Why don't you make me a dexterity stealth check, please? Okay. Uh, add 10 to this. Correct. Uh, okay. 34. Woo! All right. So uh, you 
ghost silently up to the side window. And they're like floor to ceiling sort of things with these uh, square panes of glass. And you can see Puff Puff's haunches and like the back of her barding and, and saddle straps. And her tail is sort of slunk low on the floor and her face is resting on her paws. Is she just, and you can see her eyes doing that kind of dog thing as they just sort of move from one person to the other as they talk. Uh, yeah, like, I would do, like, a little bit of motion and, like, try to get her attention and, like, do, like, light scratching. Um, that would, like, only a dog could really pick up. Right. You know that her senses are quite, quite sharp, so you kind of mm -hmm. scratch faintly at the window, and with that stealth check, that's plenty to, uh, to, to cover it from any unwelcome ears. Uh, you see her mm -hmm. ears do prick up, and she sort of looks around, uh, stands and just kind of pads around the table and is looking in your direction. I assume you're going to reveal yourself to her a little bit, like, you know, up against yeah. the door. Okay, yeah. so you get her attention, and her tail immediately starts to swoosh. And uh, so she starts trotting forward and uh, stops, looks at the door, looks back at the people who are, uh, who are in deep conversation behind her. You see several other of those Knights of the Undying Sun as well, kind of not exactly guarding the door, but they're guarding the door, if you know what I mean. Uh, and so Puff Puff sort of walks behind the sofa to where people can't get a good look at her, looks over at you, her tongue lolls out in a big old doggy grin, and she disappears in this golden glimmer of sparkles. And appears often kind of in the hedge maze just behind you. Uh, then I run up to her and I was like, okay, mm -hmm. we're going. And uh, I get on her and ride off. All right. As you swing into the saddle, she says, where's everyone else? Are they all right? Uh, we have to go to... Oh, no, I forgot the address. Okay, well, we'll find them. <laughs> all right. So uh, the rest of you are taken by this gear forged into sort of the upper slash merchant district kind of blend border area of Zobek. It's very nice. The streets are well maintained. The houses are clearly expensive and are the homes of uh, wealthy influential families or successful merchants, um, other business owners, perhaps even the, some of the clergy might live here. Uh, even the, some of the city government who don't stay in the Citadel proper might live in these sorts of this vicinity, if not this exact street. Um, the Gearforged leads you under bright, well-maintained, some of them magically uh, ignited street lamps, and leads you up to, uh, to a stout oak door. Landis will open the door Ooh. and invite everyone in, and um, as you all file into the house slash storefront because you can tell it's it's a definitely a shop but um it's also where he lives so you can see a room uh, a doorway leading to a room in the back that you figure is probably where he sleeps or does whatever he does uh, but this is the first time that you're really able to see him um where you're not running or being uh try someone is not trying to kill you and what you see is about a six foot tall gear forge. 
Um, he's made entirely of iron, but it's a really, really dark iron, like almost a gunmetal gray color. And you don't really know if that's because it's older and weathered or if that's just the way it came, but um, either way, it is pristine. He obviously takes very good care of uh, his body. He has to, to keep it in working order. And um, he, at first, you're just kind of like, oh, wow, he's scary. He's a giant robot. And then you look a little closer and there's this really intricate design covering every inch of his body. And it's all swirls and whirls and filigree style. But you look a little bit closer and you see that it's all done in a gold and silver inlay. So it's very, very intricate, and you've never seen a Gearforge like this. There are definitely some in the city, and, and they do not have this type of design all over them. And something kind of catches in the light, and you see that there are these what look like tiny diamonds just embedded um, in different points in the filigree design where the pieces connect and swirl together and things. Um, but probably the most striking thing that would you would linger at is his eyes. Um, most Ge Gearforged have very, you know, like a, a flat front with a, like a Star Trek style thing, or they have um, eye, kind of faked eyeballs that are made of the same type of material the rest of them are made of, but he, his are different. His are um, mimic, mimic a human a lot more it's still made out of metal but it's it's copper his eye the actual eyeballs are copper and then within each one the iris itself is a glimmering emerald um and when you look close if you didn't know better you'd think they almost glowed a little bit from within but just i don't know it's it's, it's like do they or don't they and only when the light hits a certain way um and so he looks at all of you um a little it's hard to tell with him being a Gearforged, but he looks a little annoyed at how much effort that took. And he says, well, welcome to my store, my home. I am Landis. It is what, uh, I don't know, a pleasure to meet all of you, I guess. Um, and you're welcome. Also, um, mm. who, who are you? Why did I just well, uh, risk who... my, my body to save you? I don't even know who I am. I'm the pain but, friend, uh, you know. Uh, obviously, yes, I would uh, now. These are the well, you know who I am, seeing as you set me free. No. Are you, uh, did no, my... I have no idea who you are. Before? No, I've never right. seen oh. you or met you. Right. Um, yes. But you've heard of me. Well, I don't know your name, so no. Just by reputation, then. Um, well, I'm Riodan, and uh, these here are my friends. Uh, uh, this is Tilly. Um, Hello. Tilly likes to hit things <clears throat> and has a bear. Oh, um, I, can you repeat that? I'm so sorry. The the program hiccup, and I didn't hear any oh, of what like, you just I, said. <laughs> Tilly has a bear. <laughs> hey, likes to hit his name's Bear. Clever. It's a good name mm. for a bear, to be honest. I mean, it knows its place. So it's a bear. That's great bear. It's uh, just a kicking so laugh at, at this point, at the same time. 
at this point, uh, Rowan is fretting a little bit, and Paula looks at all of you and says, uh, Cloak rode off on one of those horses. Um, it... Oh, don't you worry about that. I, uh, I have a friend with him. He's got oh. some help. All right. Um, and I kind of, I, we... I, I close my eyes for just a second, and y'all are like, what the hell is going on? But I close my eyes and I concentrate and then I open my eyes again and I said, he's fine. He's got uh, his dog. That thing is, maybe it's not a dog. I'm not sure. It's a little weird, but he's got his dog with him. I think him. it's a big rat. That dog thing? <clears throat> yeah. Maybe. I like its eyes. Right. Well, uh, good cloak will be fine. He often goes off and, uh, you know, does things by himself. The old ritual here, the old murder there. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, well, uh, you said you have a friend with him. Is he coming here? Should we wait for yeah. him? Yeah, we'll wait here. I've directed right. him to uh, to join us. Hopefully he will be here shortly. I know they're on their way. And um, I am not 100% sure what I'm supposed to do with you now. So, so I guess you can just leave. Did someone uh, put you up to this? Uh, one of my friends, perhaps, reached out to you? Uh, sort of friend of a friend sort of thing? I don't know who he's friends with, but I was hired, yes, to go uh, create a distraction of sorts. All right, so uh, so Paula says, why don't we wait till Cloak gets here and then we can all go through it together. Uh, so a few minutes pass, and uh, Cloak and Puff Puff, you arrive at the address you were given. Um, uh, here and there along the way, you see several City Watch um, patrols. For the most part, they don't really pay you any mind. Several of them mm-hmm. might recognize you and know you having been like you know around the city. Um, you're distinctive enough that uh, they remember having seen you before and just sort of maybe eyeball you a little bit because you're out pretty late, but uh, otherwise let you go on your way because adventurers are like that. <laughs> um okay yeah uh i would make sure that like uh when i go to the address i'm like very paranoid and i uh go around and like take like a back way to get there to make it look like i went somewhere else and then come back because i don't know okay. who's working with who right now and i feel like i should put on a tinfoil hat okay cool. yeah um why don't you go ahead and make me a dexterity stealth check just to see how well you cover your tracks uh, I still have Pass Without Trace on, I believe. Unless it's been what does it last? quite a long time. An hour? hour? An hour? Yeah, yeah, it's fine then. Still going. There we go. Thank you. Uh, 20. Okay. Uh, you are pretty sure that if there was any pursuit, you have lost it. Okay. Um, so, so, yeah, you yeah. find your way to the address, and you can see the door is shut. Probably curtains are closed, but you can see there's light inside, kind of low light, mm-hmm. like maybe lamp or uh, candle. Right okay. before uh, you uh, approach the door, it opens in front of you. Yeah, say, you ah, go. right on time. Come on in. New friend. The, Who are you? The aforedescribed Gear Forged. Greets you at the Do door. I recognize the voice? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, I sit there and I go, okay, who do you work for? Why do you want me? I'm sorry. I, I don't want you. I don't work for anyone, really. 
I was paid to create a distraction in order to uh, get you and your friends out of the situation you were in. Can you come inside? This is um, this is a little conspicuous. What's wrong? Yeah, Cliff, come on in. We've not been murdered yet. And if he was going <laughs> to, then he probably wouldn't have said it's free in the first place. Actually, no, I was sure. I'm very quiet. And I, as I'm walking in. Oh. Yeah. Um, I say, okay, come on in, and I'll close the door, and I'll say, um, I had a friend with you. Um, Edwin, feel free. And in front of you, um, you see all of a sudden, kind of sitting on my shoulder, uh, a little imp. And all right, yeah, there's a, there's a <laughs> ripple in the air, and there is a tiny red-skinned devil with pointy ears and a bald head and a bulbous nose and bat-like wings, uh, very skinny sort of live limbs with a long tail that sort of curls up and ends in a, uh, uh, like a scorpion stinger. Uh, its skin is stippled with what looks like uh, molten silver and gold that then just sort of poured on it and then hardened into these little uh, kind of haphazard decorations all over its body and it grins wide with these needle-like teeth and says hello friends he's a big guy oh i almost use primeval awareness while we're back at the well back at the house to see if i can locate Faye, and i would have uh -huh. totally sensed that god damn okay so <laughs> you, uh, totally, you totally totally would have uh so um at this point um, I would be, uh, I would just look, and I would not be, like, phased that an imp showed up. I'd be like, hmm, okay. Um, so, um, you and the little fun there, uh, so you were paid by someone, so it's you're working for someone, because that's how that yeah. works, so who paid you? I mean, and I'm, I'm not my boss. I'm, like, offended now. I'm like, he's not my boss. I work for myself, Sounding okay? Sounding a lot like your boss. Uh, okay, you, you know what? You can work for yourself, but you're working for someone because you're paying yourself. So you're like, like a contractor. contractor. I've done all it the paperwork more... for this stuff. No, no. It was more... Uh, I was getting paid, but I did it more out of curiosity than anything. The man was very interesting. I've that before. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> Are, the, the are you about... willing to describe the man, or at least tell us who he is, or did he request privacy on the project? Does he look like me? Do I remember his name? Because Bertie doesn't. It's Lord something or other. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you remember his name is Lord Greymark. Uh, yeah, sure, I don't care. His name is Lord Greymark. That's your oh, plan, you all certainly remember that name as um, Paulo was imploring you not to go into the party with weapons blazing because people like Lord Greymark were present. Uh, and Paulo's eyes sort of widen when when she hears that. Um, and Cloak, the fellow who didn't seem to succumb to the poison that knocked everybody else out, that was most assuredly Lord Greymark. Oh, that guy. Okay. You remember one guy uh, who was like, oh, yeah, and put the wine down and was just like, well, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, everybody else um, just went unconscious. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 this. One of these again. Thing... Oh, another murder party. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one of the, the gold inlay on the imp, does it mimic mm -hmm. the ice devil I saw? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, the Ice Devil was very um, 
It was very intricate and ornate. The imp looks like, imagine a bunch of molten metal being strained through a colander and just sort of dripping on him. It's kind of looks like that. Very random. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, like molten metal dripped on him and hardened. Okay. Um, and that's not a normal imp look? Not really, no. No, it's not, it's not one that you've ever encountered before. Perhaps it's just sort of an affectation. Like, instead of getting a okay. nose piercing, he did this. Okay. Um, so, um, okay, so who knows Lord Greymark? I'm, I'm well, sorry. What was your name? Somewhat, right? Little little one? Hi. What was your name? Wait, what? I said, what was oh, your name? Yeah, I'm um, oh, Got it. Why did you call me Little Thank one? Thank you. Didn't. Yeah. When she, when Tilly hears Little One, Probably she stands taller. <laughs> I know I might be one of the tallest people here. <laughs> All right. Well, certainly now the glasses one. Exactly. Yeah. You All know, right. the, the more the more, the more oh. people we lose, it's really just a numbers game. <laughs> um. So are we going to break out? The tallest person. Uh, you do realize they have glass and the tablets, right? The weird... oh, they do. I thought yeah. you got him. Edwin no, tried to I get tried the tablets. It didn't work out. Oh, no, 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 Sorry. no, 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 Well, that seems like yeah, half the job done, if you ask me. I mean, that wasn't what we were getting paid for, so, eh. Well, I mean, you... we really need to get those because I feel like when people that shouldn't have them have them, you know, I mean, I was uncomfortable when Glass had them, but even more so now, yes. Oh, I'm yeah. imagining the, the tablets weren't really a part of your order from this fellow. I... No, no. My job was to get you guys out of there, and then that was really it. He said he didn't care where you ended up. I don't necessarily understand, but for some reason, you're important. Well, yeah, you're going to help well, us break our friend out now. Okay. Stands taller. <laughs> like, oh, all right. <laughs> Strokes her braid beard. Yeah. How, how, much, how, much he, how much did he pay you to save us? Oh, it's a hundred gold. It was a good sum. Okay, so I'll, I'll give you a hundred gold yep. to come save our friend out of the citadel. Hmm. Wait, wait, wait. Who's to say? Why, why are we paying hundreds of gold pieces uh, <laughs> for this man's service? After all. We've done pretty well in the past on our own. Well, yeah, I mean, it seems as though you're down one member, and also, uh, someone is now trying to arrest you and murder you, so could always use a little more help. Well, well the way I can, see you it, can... you're also, you know, culpable, guilty now, seeing as you've uh, allied yourself with us, uh, wanted criminals, and I'm sure plenty of people saw you there, so maybe. You know, instead of paying any gold, we can just uh, get yourself out of this one with us. I made sure that the guards were very distracted by the time I showed up. Or did you hire the Red Folk people? <sighs> no, I don't know where they came from, but I guess they were in on it. Uh, that guy seemed to have a lot of money, so I assume he um, he paid for them as well. He must have witnessed the events at the party, and after we were so wrongly arrested, decided to help us out. For one reason or another. 
No doubt he thinks we're useful enough to have He vouched for you. I tried to make sure you weren't the worst people uh, in the Says Edwin. (laughs) He vouched for us. (laughs) So so clearly we all now owe this guy. And based on Paula's reaction, I don't know if that's a great thing. I mean, we saw him like once at a party. She mentioned him uh, casually one time, saying to avoid this fella, blah, blah, blah. But now I'm just. What's I, a pillow park? I don't know. Well, you no, guys don't know anything else about him? Yeah, we, we never really know what's going on. Paula kind of clears her throat and she says, Well, Lord Greymark is uh, the master of coins of Zobek. He's, he's the. the treasurer for the city uh, is he now? he used to be uh used to be one of the counselors he retired recently he used to be one of the most powerful people politically in in the entire city i mean I'm sure he, he probably did. still is uh you know to some extent so he obviously wants I, us for something I mean, probably a dangerous mission that only a few bands of ne'er-do-wells like ourselves could be available for I'm just very confused on why we why you told us to potentially avoid him. I mean, well, I I didn't necessarily want to avoid him. I wanted to avoid going in and starting a fight when people like himself and the Consul of the Blue House were there. Obviously, it worked out <laughs> in our favor, Paula. Uh, Once again, my daredevil strategy has paid off. <laughs> um, cloak. Um, this this is diving back into last season. In the mm-hmm. wake of the devil attack on the Silk Scabbard, I think it was you who was skulking about at night and you saw the uh, detachment of troops that were coming probably in response to panicked cries of, oh my god, monsters. And it, mm-hmm. there was someone who was <gasps> diverting those troops and stopped him, stopped them from going into the Silk Scabbard. That you saw him from a distance, you didn't get a good look, you mm-hmm. didn't really recognize him. It was absolutely that guy from the party. Son of a bitch. Okay, so do you remember when the devils showed up in the Silk Scabbard? Hard to forget. Yeah, um, well, it's ringing about. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, robot. I'm sorry, devil. I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah, devils. Like the one I was the guys... thing. I remember now. You guys uh, had a party with devils. Well, what no, kind of devils? Really. Devil. Uh, I like them already. Um, so, um, I like them less. What? what? And sorry, I, I uh, Edwin seems Edwin seems nervous at the idea that you guys were partying with chain and horn devils. Um, so, uh, basically, we, we fought these devils, uh, and, um, yes, those ones. Uh, but, uh, basically, I was outside before all that, and when the commotion started, um, there was a, a man that I couldn't see, uh, but now I put two and two together, uh, it was actually, uh, Greyfuck, whatever his name is. Um, it was totally Lord Greymark. Lord Greyfuck. So he, um, 
he he was totally the one who uh was he, he was like the verdant troops and shit uh so yeah um i'm fairly sure uh that um he's looking out for us and i don't know why he well, he wants us for something obviously I mean, why else would he save us? There's probably something slightly suspicious that he needs us or wants us to do. That's why he's kept us alive this whole time and gone to incredible cost to do so. Because why? Well, uh, we don't have any scruples. At least I don't. Speaking for myself, I'm I'm one of the worst people I know. Um, And some of you, I hold you in some of the lowest regard in terms of moral fight. Which I mean is a compliment. No, 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 no. I never have lied. I am always... No, everything is always straightforward with us. Don't even... All right, listen, listen, folks. Uh, I think we're all just a little bit tired. Getting grumpy. Uh, It's late. If you want to stay here tonight, that's fine. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with you, and I don't know when he's coming back. I know he is, but you can stick around until he shows up, or you can go do whatever you want. But I've got a room in the back with a bed for a couple of you. I don't know. If you want to stay here, you're welcome. Let's lie low for now. Take it easy. See when he shows up. Hear his offer. I'm not all upset by that. I, I meant that as a compliment. But we have to get glass. glass. Oh, right, glass, yes. Listen, there's, okay, so he is behind the wall. They've got a couple of griffins up there watching out for the place. I don't think rushing in there in the middle of day or night or whatever time it is, I don't know. I think it's still the middle of the night, uh, is not going to work out without a plan. So I suggest you take a beat and figure out what you're going to do next. Um, Paula kind of clears her throat and says, we we definitely need to lay low. Uh, I mean, are we wanted? Are there going to be posters and notices and bounties on our heads tomorrow morning? The the Undying Sun don't... I'm not sure exactly what authority that Captain thought he was arresting us on. Um, clearly, he thought he had some claim to it, and she kind of eyes Riodan side-eye a little bit. Uh, but... There are dead knights in the street now attached to our names, and they have glass. Uh, we probably can't just go walking around town. And she seems um, very upset at that thought. Unless we want to turn her I didn't actually in. kill any of them. It'll blow um, over in a day or two. No, none of us killed any of them. This is what happened. The individuals with red cloak showed up, uh, and they kidnapped us. And then, um, but we broke out from them because they weren't thinking too well. They were good at fighting, but they were stupid. And and we got free. I don't and really you... see them picking our favor in the argument already for what's going then on. Whether there's... Did you say that no the knights point. have the, the lexicon, the tablets? Yeah. I mean... You all know what those are. What do you think they're going to do to Glaz once they get anyone who knows anything about it? Clearly, that's why they took him. They... She she kind of shudders. She doesn't even know what to say about it, thinking back to dealing with those things. Yeah, says Edwin. I don't, I don't want to see that thing again. Wait, can... Yeah. 
I'm sorry I'm really late on the numbers game, but did you get paid 100 gold to get all of us? Because in that case, uh, glasses and then count Anayar Owen, Lord Greymark, for the last party member. I don't... I, I don't know how... Sorry, it took me like 40 minutes to make the math out, but I just... I, I worry for you now. If he's ready, well, come I, for you. I... I got paid a hundred gold up front. I mean, so technically I've for all, got for money. All, but for, all, for all six or five, however many yeah, of us. Yeah, but then he was going to pay me the I'm rest later. So technically I am going to be delivering the amount of people for which I've been paid for already and I could just not take the rest of it. When, when so you're like, like a other... people smuggler now, aren't you? I don't think that's the right term. I feel Listen, like I've I, been what, smuggled, <clears throat> personally. I, I, I thought he liked smuggling. I don't. Want and that, that makes you a smuggler. I've been smuggled, smuggled. Technically, smuggled it's only I, sm it's only smuggling if you're moving goods. If you're moving people, it's something else entirely. Have you taken a look at me recently, sir? Fair. Wait, mm -hmm. I have another question. So if you have to prove that you captured and returned all of us, but then you said you didn't care where we went, how are you going to have a record that we're here? Oh, I mean, this one, and she like, and I don't gestures to... cloak, he's great at hiding. I mean, he could I don't need to prove that here. you're here. He's... He said he did. He right. literally did not care where you ended up, as long as I got you out of that situation. Landis' problems are obviously not us. <laughs> Here's the reality of our situation right now. As far as we know, we're wanted. They have Glaz. They know that he's associated with this void magic business. And they've taken him to the Citadel. I can't imagine that they're going to let him live long. We have to do something. She's not wrong. And that now. is where we're going to stop for this week. Oh! <laughs> ah, <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> <Holy moly. laughs> Fantastic stuff. Well, my friends, uh, that was episode one of season three of the Watery Burns. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. Here. And I certainly had a great time being back with the old crew. Uh, it's been too long since uh, we had a chance to uh, to mess around, and today's episode was a perfect sort of. Yeah, Paris Lake Arabian themed welcome back uh, escape, uh, <laughs> prison escape thing. And, uh, and that was a lot Bernie of fun. Soros, but, uh, thanks so much for playing with us. Yeah, yeah. It was Yo, awesome. Thank Atlantis you for is, having uh, me. <laughs> yeah, well, I, let's go around to Custom Crew. You know, um, let's do the whole, whole sign off. So, um, Dan, fantastic job. Uh, how was that tonight for you thank being you. back in the, uh, the DMC? Uh, it's great. Uh, I have a lot of rust to knock off, and like I said, I'm dealing with a lot of chaos over here, so I'm way more scattered than I wanted to be, but I feel like this really came together. You guys did a great job. Um, I'm delighted to be playing again, and I can't wait to pick it back up. And I will remind that I'm not going to be available next week since I will be flying to Gen Con, so if any of our lovely viewers or cast, I don't think any of our cast are going to be there, sadly. Uh, if any of our viewers are going to be there, uh, I would be happy to say hello and talk Midgard and Dungeons and & Dragons. I'd love to. Um, in the meantime, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dan underscore Dylan underscore one. Uh, I am a game designer for Wizards of the Coast on the Dungeons and Dragons team, and I am so happy to be back playing Midgard with you guys. I missed it. Yeah, me too. Fantastic stuff. Um, obviously, no, I'm off of us, but uh, McCloak, how's that tonight for you and Cloak? 
Uh, tonight was amazing. I love being back uh, and playing. Uh, I'm mad that Glass got away, and I think Dan uh, threw things purposely to make that happen, uh, such as a giant Griffin Rider. I mean, yeah. yeah. You know, what do you do about it? <laughs> Sometimes a giant uh, Griffin takes you, man. <laughs> Uh, uh, see if I can uh, get in the cartways to get up into the citadel. Um, so that's what uh, I'm talking about. Yeah, that's a, that's my plan. That's Cloak's plan because he knows the the cartways actually pretty well. Um, so uh, for me, uh, you guys can catch me at my channel uh, Twitch.tv/McCloakin. Uh, tomorrow night, I'm gonna be doing GTA RP, or I'm gonna be playing uh, my character uh, Sergeant Morris with the CID and doing investigations and shit. And then I think Thursday night I'm playing a dog, so uh, that's uh, that's what I'll be doing. Um, so, and my dog name, the dog character is named Skittles. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, I pretty much am uh, excited for this. I'm excited to see where this is going to go. Uh, I feel like this is going to end up being a jailbreak, and we have to break out um, a lovely, lovely glass. Uh, or he gets killed. Uh, I don't... I want to know what is going on with the fucking sun, uh, undying sun people, like, if they have a good standing or not. Um, and uh, I'm just, uh, there's a lot of things I want to find out about, but I feel like we're on a time limit and we need to get breakout glass. Uh, and if we do that, are we going to have to leave so back? Good questions. Yes, yes, indeed. Okay, fantastic stuff. Um, simply, great to be back. Um, how was that for you and Tilly tonight? It was good. It was good. I, I apologize for the shortness of uh, thought process with Tilly and RPing. Uh, I have a new schedule. I'm also moving again, again. I moved from Mississippi to Seattle and now I'm moving from Seattle to another place in Seattle, and it's been chaotic. Um, so I, I hear you. Just like, oh, that's fun. Hey. And then, uh, but it was good. It was good. I'm, I'm happy to meet a uh, Gearforge for the first time in any campaign I've played, so I, uh, I'm i thrilled about it. Um, but just as a preface, uh, I don't know. The internet situation's weird, so hopefully I can get <laughs> back in the show after this week. We'll see. Everybody bless Comcast. Please. So. Please. Please. But thank you for having me, and thank you for having me back. So. And welcome! Yeah, Wait, you're, yeah, you're on this side. Welcome! <laughs> <laughs> yes, last but not least, Birdie, how's that tonight? Welcome to the crew. Uh, did you enjoy yourself? Oh, thank you. Yes, obviously. I enjoyed the hell out of that. And thank you so much for inviting me to play. I'm so excited. I was a fan before I was started playing, so it's really, really cool and surreal to be uh, right in the thick of things with you guys and playing right. Landis. Yeah. Um, uh, my name is Birdie, aka the Birdie Source. Uh, I am all over the internet at that name. Sometimes I stream on my own channel, some variety stuff. But uh, tomorrow night, I'm going to be over on Katie Face's channel playing a game of monsters and other childish things um, called Haunted House for the Summer of Spooks. And then uh, Saturday, we're playing uh, Kanata Dark, which is a uh, Cthulhu Dark game, which is real dark and real creepy and real amazing. And I love it. And we're having so much fun. And every other Saturday, I'm over on the Weirdlings channel playing the Heroes of Awesome Dominion of Esland. And we are uh, right in the thick of a lich battle right now. So Ooh. you guys should watch the next one. Yeah. 
Sunday after next. Uh, that's it. Dope. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks. Um, also follow Scarlet Moth at Scarlet Moth on Twitter. Even though she can't be here for the sign off, she'll be here uh, next episode, not next week, but a week after we're back. Um, what else? Uh, well, next uh, Sunday, we're back with another episode of The Last Air here on the Kobo Press Channel. Uh, we've also got oh, a new so series done itself. Yeah, it was really, really good last uh, last week. Uh, if you haven't caught it yet, it's going up to a new uh, a new Coa Press YouTube channel, which we'll be um, we'll be sending links out to shortly. Um, and on uh, next Monday, uh, the 29th, I'm doing a new show myself and Matt Corley, uh, which is a Cobalt Guide to Game Mastering. With uh, it's like one hour long. Uh, with each week, we're going to take on a different topic and chat for a bit, so that'll be fun. Um, and then, of course, we're back here uh, not next week, but a week after for some more World's Tree Burns here on the Cobalt Press channel. Uh, if you haven't yet followed the channel, definitely go ahead and do so um, because the channel is all new and uh, sparkly and clean, so check it out. Um, but uh, that's all we've got time for here tonight. If you want to follow myself, you can follow me at CounterRP. But of course, go and follow uh, Kobold Press on Twitter and follow us here as well to keep up with all the stuff we're doing. Until next time, my friends, try not to roll too many now ones. We want to be there laughing when you do. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.